Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, 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 and welcome down to yet another fantastic episode, if I do say so myself, of the Rough Cut Golf Podcast, where you join us not in the drizzly surroundings of a slate great sky, Manchester, but in the sunnier climes of Jupiter, Florida. It is currently pretty early in the morning as we flew in late last night, and our jet-lagged bodies have not yet had time to adapt to our new, more hospitable climate. We are going to be talking through what was a fantastic Ryder Cup. Um, I was over there for the full event. Lots of stories to tell. Uh, I'm joined by Kieran, by Jacob, who are going to be absolutely battering me with questions, I'm sure, about what transpired in a fantastic few days in Rome. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for joining us. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, uh, make sure you do. It is the Rough Cut Golf Podcast on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on all our socials as well and turn on those notifications on your favorite podcast provider, which may be coming right through your ears right now. The one you're listening on right now. Absolutely. On your drive to work, at the gym, on your dog walk, wherever we find you, we are happy to spend however long this is going to take. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a long one. There's a lot you. to talk about. There's, there's a lot, a lot to unpack this week. It's, it was pretty cool actually being there on the ground. There was both positives and negatives from that. So we'll get onto that. But just in case um, you have been having a retreat in a North Tibetan monastery, uh, you should probably know what the score is by now. Europe triumphed. 16 and a half to 11 and a half at Marco Simone Golf Club in Rome. Um, in truth, it wasn't even as close as that, to be honest with you. Mm. It, it was almost, well, from my perspective, which we'll get into in a moment, it was pretty much decided um, after the second group went out 
uh, in the morning foursomes on Friday. So uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty early from my perspective. But yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into who played the best, who were some of maybe the disappointments of the teams and the saucy gossip uh, mm. that was surrounding the event and afterwards. It's been, yeah, a pretty pretty intense week as far as golf news is concerned. Yeah, there's been a lot going on this week. Um, a lot also, which is kind of almost the fun bit of after a Ryder Cup, is the the breakdown from both sides of the, the, the euphoria and celebration of the European team and all the videos we've seen online of them celebrating. And then what's come out of the US side as well, which I'm sure we'll get into a lot later on into the episode. Um, first of all, Pete, I guess, how was it? Was it? Did you have fun? Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, good. Okay. Overall, I would say yes. Um, so this is, my, this is my first Ryder Cup. Mm. So I've never been to a Ryder Cup before. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. And to be honest, if I was a fan and I just wanted to watch the golf, the best way of watching it is going to be kind of at home. Yeah. Put yourself in a little cocoon for three <laughs> days and get some friends around. If you can have a sleepover, make sure you get all your supplies in so you don't have to leave. Mm. And you could just sit down and watch it all. Um, at the actual event, uh, we were there with BMW. We were doing some work over there and it just happened to mean that at the Ryder Cup, we could actually watch when we were, yeah. were doing a video stuff. So it worked out absolutely fantastically. Um, it was myself and David uh, yep. who went over. I know so, him. Yeah, you know, you know David. Yeah. Uh, everyone else. Uh, everyone else. Uh, so David doesn't really get to go on many trips because he has a massive fear of uh, people. <laughs> uh, slash <laughs> holding a camera. Slash holding a camera. Uh, so it was a trip that David, I think, was very much looking forward to as well. So he had a he had a great time. To be honest, like. We both had a, a very good time, despite it being very long days. It was there was so much kind of energy and excitement around the place that wow, well, never used that phrase before. <laughs> uh, it was worthwhile. Yeah, it was great. No, was I, really, I saw a really lot good. of your videos um, from both of you of where you were looking and where you were viewing the Ryder Cup from. You had a lot of good vantage points, it seemed, from the BMW guys and some of the behind the scenes stuff that you managed to get to. I think, um, I don't know where you watch most of your stuff from, Kieran, but I was slightly different because I was um, down in London from uh, Thursday and Friday. So on the Friday, we did a tour of the Tower of London and we did a Yeoman Warden's tour for about 55 minutes and he's kind of walked us around the grounds and was talking and telling us all the all the stuff. And that was very interesting. Um Whilst this was going on, I had my SkyGo phone just like below me and I was sort of looking at him, waiting for him to finish and looking in my general direction and then looking down to see Ludwig Aberg and Victor Hovland just forming a beautiful partnership. Yes, Victor and Ludwig together forever. Um, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic kind of place to watch most of the golf from. So when we kind of got there, Obviously, we were there in May, I think, was it, Kieran, or June, yeah, or May, whatever yeah. it was. And a lot of the grandstands were up, but it definitely wasn't kind of finished, yeah. um, which we'll, again, get onto in a minute. But the big hospitality pavilion by the right-hand side of the first tee, it was an amazing little spot yeah. uh, to actually, well, amazing big spot to yeah, watch the say, uh, yeah. to watch everything from. And that, those first tee shots and the atmosphere around the first tee... I've never experienced anything like that in a golf setting. To be honest, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that in a any sporting setting. Mm. Yeah, the, the the closest comparison 
to it is going to be a you know a football match yeah a european soccer match um <laughs> but even that wasn't close because the type of kind of people who were there watching from all over europe from the us just mingled together just creating this amazing kind of partisan passionate but overall very friendly kind of atmosphere Good. It, it was it was something which yeah i've never really experienced before and it makes me want to go back yeah i think the the other side of it as well which i guess maybe not necessarily been under underlined not no spoken about but the fact that this golf course was in rome and you had rome somewhat on your doorstep as well to like go and uh, in the evenings like come away from the golf course and go to rome like how cool was that as well um it <laughs> so i mean rome itself i absolutely love as a city mm. yeah i love i love my history i love old things so getting around that kind of city especially at night mm. was incredible like there were quite a few occasions uh well especially on that sunday night we did manage to sneak into the the players party which will um which we'll get onto in a moment. Okay. That was, that was okay. a great time. Uh, but the actual city at night, so there was a couple of late nights we had, I think on the Saturday night, I think we ended up getting back to the hotel. I ended up getting back to the hotel about three, I think. But the place that we were having a drink at, this very random rooftop bar full of 100% gangsters, <laughs> um, we kind of left that and got a scooter back home. And I took a pretty circuitous route through right. Rome. So I managed to see loads of the sites at like half two in the morning when the streets were empty nice. on the back of a little uh, little scooter, nice. like electric scooter that you can rent around there. So I managed to do so much of Rome on that. And it was brilliant just to see all these sites with no one there. Beautiful temperature, fantastic city. It was it was special. I yeah. mean, the, the, the biggest problem, and I think everyone kind of knew this from the outset, is if you've been to Rome, it was not a city built in a day hmm. or particularly built for cars yeah, it used to be like horse and horse and carts wasn't it? So horse cart feet you yeah. know that's that, that that's how people got around yeah and sedans but chariots chariots <laughs> um <laughs> it's not built for cars so yeah. as soon as it gets to rush hour i mean we got to the course one day in 20 minutes when we left at five and i think one day getting back into rome took us like an hour and a half mm. to the same place yeah it, it, it was it was crazy like and Roman drivers are just mad. Like, it must be something to do with being close to the Vatican. <laughs> what way is that? Like, they must feel like the Pope and, like... Uh, they've just got, like, a higher the, power. The, the big man upstairs wants to looking after him. him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How close did you say from the Vatican? Um, not that close. No. Not that close. It's about, like, a 20-minute scooter. Oh, right. Okay. I judge everything in Rome now by scooter time, by okay. the way, because that's how I... Are you talking that's about like a lime scooter, like an electric lime yeah, scooter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were fantastic. Cool. It was a good job. You weren't like drunk or while you were having one, were you? Absolutely not. Right, I was going to say, because you, you can get pulled over because we were in Rome and we got... Yeah, sourced. yeah. No, there's a, there's a difference though, Kieran. Me drunk and you drunk is very different. Well, drunk. no, we, there was like eight other lads and it was like, it, we kind of was, was going to them, we were looking at them and then like people like, don't go on those if you've had a drink because then people will stop you. So. Yeah, I, yeah, but it was you and your mates who were rugby tackling each other outside bars. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> so true. So if I'd have seen yeah, you go towards a scooter, yeah, I'd have yeah. been like, yeah, don't go on there. Yeah, that's true. That's right, yeah. You should definitely never get on a scooter around Rome. Uh, well, we did in the morning. Like We did we did it a few times. They are, they are great. It's a great way of, great, you know, great form of transport around there. But yeah, it's good. 
Tess, if if you're watching this. Like, in terms of sort of like getting to the golf course, obviously uh, we had our concerns previously about sort of, well, when we were there... there (laughs) Actually being able to get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when we were there, there was no... um, You know, they had sort of like the markings laid out for the road that was going to be going into the main entrance and all the other areas to the golf course. What was that like? I'm very interested to hear that part. It was finished literally a few weeks oh, before really? the event. Did you ask about it? Yeah. Or did you? Really? The tarmac was still is still fresh. Still fresh. It's still very like black. You, you can still like, s- smell it. You can sniff it, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, they built this whole new access road, which it, it did work out pretty well as far as like getting traffic in and out of the event. But yeah, it was it was pretty last minute from from what I understand right. about getting it fully completed. And, and do you reckon like that's just going to stay there now? Or do you reckon that's going to come up or like it will it will stay? Oh yeah, of course it'll yeah, stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah, I, yeah, yeah I don't know if it like because if they didn't have that sort of infrastructure there before, like why would they need it after the Ryder Cup? If you know what I mean? So I don't know if they would they needed it before the Ryder Cup. Well, yeah, I suppose we. Yeah, I suppose they did. You know, right? um, yeah, that, that's that's all going to stay, and obviously that's going to be a kind of fringe benefit to the event. Um, getting the people, getting the fans in and out of the actual course. I mean, it, it, it wasn't perfect. It's never going to be perfect um, on these kind of big events. You know, it's never going to be pain free, but I actually think they did a, a pretty decent job. There was a lot of hand waving. Yeah. There was a lot of pointing, a lot of gesticulating. There were three different police forces on site. I don't know how it works. Wow. Did they get the Swiss Guard out? They did not get the Swiss uh, Guard out, which was a disappointment. It's kind of like what they have in France, though, isn't it? It's like, it's not like our sort of police service where it's just like, you know, you're just a policeman, like you have grades, like, you know, yeah, you yeah. Know, whether you get a handgun, a submachine gun, a machine gun, it, a blimmin. It's basically, it's basically like we saw, so when we were there, we saw four different police forces, including, I am almost certain what the secret police basically is. On the first night we went there, me and David went out for a meal. Like, like <coughs> nice-ish restaurant, nothing nothing crazy. And we just sat there, I was near the Pantheon. And we were just having a bit of meal, a bit of a drink. And then these guys walk up, like this alleyway. It's like three guys walk up. You can spot them straight away. Mm. Earpieces in, suits. Looks, yeah. So I'm like, right, okay. And one of them I see he's got inside his jacket, he's got like a little flash of gold. He's got a badge on his belt. So I said, right, some kind of policeman. So anyway, they come up. And a few minutes later, another security guy comes up. And it's with this, like, big, bold old guy. And I'm, what I'm presuming is his wife. And I sit down at a table that's been reserved. And these guys just go stand at the side. Oh, like, okay. just, just, like, watching him eat. And I'm like, oh, this is a bit weird. It's like, it's like, like just a few meters away from us. This is a bit weird. So anyway, after about 10 minutes, like, two of them walk away. Two others join. And by the end of Doing the shifts. meal, by the end of the meal, there's like six of these guys just like waiting in this alleyway for, for this guy. For this guy and his wife, yeah. And they were packing as well. You can see the bulge and like oh, really? on the back, yeah. So who this guy was, I've absolutely was it like idea. full fake arm deal, like uh, no, it wasn't. No, no, <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed about that, but no, it was yeah, it was very very weird. Who so, the guy was? I had no idea because I, I could only see the back of his big shiny head, so I didn't actually to look mafia. Uh, he, he gave off mafia vibes, but it's, it's easy, isn't it? To, just to say, yeah. To kind of say, oh, yeah, it's definitely mafia <laughs> vibes. Off, yeah. The bar we went in on that side, it was mafia. We'll get on to that. Um, so, so, yeah, there's all these different police forces all like waving their hands around to make sure people got in the right direction. 
taxi drivers were obviously being Roman taxi drivers and just like cutting everybody up. Mm-hmm. We, thank the Lord, were in the BMW cars. Now the BMW cars, because they're a partner um, and because they would be used by the players and everything else, and we mm-hmm. were in those kind of that carpool, yeah. uh, we could basically go straight into the entrance, the actual entrance of the golf club, and they dropped us outside the clubhouse. That's so cool. Yeah, that's unreal. And it, honestly, it was just a dream. Yeah. It was so good. They had the i7s um, oh, okay. out there as well. So like the big luxury saloons. Yeah, yeah. they had the massive screens like across yeah, the back of them, the didn't back, they? Yeah. yeah, massive fold-down screens, massage chairs. Oh, wow. On, honestly, it was like, it was very, very first Almost class. like doesn't make you worry about the commute so much. You're just kind of yeah. like, I'm happy to sit in this for an hour and a half. I had a nice couple of naps. What were they showing on the screens? Um, they- so they had the live stream of the Ryder Cup. Oh, so you could watch it. So you could watch the Ryder Cup. Now, most most of the times that we were in there, um, it was kind of before and after right, the so event. it wasn't really. But they had all like highlights. Oh, perfect. Um, kind of built in. They also had YouTube. <laughs> so, just watching Peter Finch golf videos. Don't worry, guys. Got the views up. Okay, nice. Got cool. the views up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made sure that was saved as a favorite on YouTube. Just well, saying that, nowadays with YouTube videos, an hour and a half only gives you time to watch one video. Yeah, so. that's very true. Very <laughs> that's true. true. The perfect commute around Rome. Exactly. exactly. There you go. Yeah. Was perfect. there any sort of... Um, like park and rides available. I, I thought that there'd be that'd be a good system, so you can sort of park your car and then you get a bus in. Or yeah, so they were using the public transport wasn't too bad. Then they had a massive um, kind of field which didn't really notice the first time I went in, uh, which they were using for parking. Oh, right. So um, it, obviously I can't speak because I was lucky enough to get these kind of uh, transports in. But from what everyone said, it was a little bit hectic, but it, it worked, mm. which is... Very Italian. Very Italian down to a T, <laughs> Very, it? very Italian. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to get the full experience, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, that's, something that, that's something that I definitely realised or, or sort of, you know, got watching the whole weekend of it. Like, it, it was very Italian, the whole thing, I felt. Mm. Like, and... Um, you know, there was so much, so many flags about of like really showing off the Italian sort of flag and everything. Like, it was, yeah, it was cool. It's cool. Good venue. You said uh, we ate and we drank and we went to quite a few places. Who who is who is we apart from David? Was there? I'm assuming a lot of the golfing community was there. Uh, so. It, it was a lot of. It was very influencer heavy. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of us there. Something, yeah. Lot it's gang. a royal we, isn't lot, it? A lot of the gang. Yeah. Um, a lot of journalists. So, kind of, I met up with um, Seb. Seb on golf was there. Uh, Rick was there. Um, we had kind of quite a few evenings with um, Mia and Ollie as well. Um, Hannah Davis was there, who said kind of very quick hello to. Didn't really get to spend much time with them. There's a few others. No, like no laying up guys were there. All the golf journalists, mm. and yeah. all the golf magazines, and all the broadcasters were there as well. So there was a quite a yeah quite a big quite a big loving with everybody. Yeah, I can imagine. Just saying hello. It it whenever you get like to an event like this, whenever you get everyone together, yes, it's a work thing, but also you know golfers when they get together, all they want to do is just get on the beer, have a few beers. Yeah. Was it was it boozy? Not not massively because I was like because because I was still working because I was still working and like throughout the day it was okay. You got this thing at like six in the morning you got this thing at like midday yeah. something at three and then something at six it was a bit like oh, can't, you can't like yeah yeah can't yeah. really get on it and and <laughs> to be honest it was that it was that hot that it, it probably wasn't wise yeah, yeah. like there's there a few unsteady people out there right because it was like 30 degrees yeah. no wind and it was just like draining it was just like draining 
when you actually got out there. Because like, the course was, it was it was a question before that we went there because the course, in my opinion, is all right. Mm. It's a decent course. Mm. It's pretty good. But it actually turned out to be a very, very good Ryder Cup course. Yes, yeah, like I agree. It, it created the drama. It was penalizing enough on bad shots, even though they had chopped the rough down, mm-hmm. which I was a little bit disappointed about. But they had chopped it down to the point where you could still escape it every now and again. Um, and it was rewarding the really good shots as well. So you saw this big kind of combination of drama on bad shots, drama on good shots, birdies, double bogeys, everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, It was a really good mix. And as far as the fans go, there's lots of vantage points when I actually watched the golf. Mm. That was my that was my worry about people getting around because it's quite hilly, but yeah, everyone seemed to really enjoy it. I'd imagine, like, I think, you know, when we were there, it was kind of, uh, we thought that 16, 17, 18 were going to be pro- providing, like, the most drama. And could you, was it a good place to, like, sort of see everything in terms of, like, if you were on the 16th, could you see the, I can't really remember if you can see the 17th and then see down 18? So we spent a bit of time on 16. So from, from the first, like, pavilion that we were staying in, most of the time you could see, um, obviously the first hole, and then you could see over to the par three seventh uh, as well, yeah. which was which is decent. Sixteenth um, was weird because sixteenth was it almost had a bit of a stadium feel because it's in a little bit of a bowl, and it had like grandstands and another pavilion which we actually watched the the winning moment from. Um, and sixteen was sixteen <sighs> is tricky really because it provided the most drama, but also it didn't give any. Um, it didn't give any options for the players because they moved the tees around a little bit. Uh, like the, the second hole, they were using the second hole tee for the 16th tee. And they were using one of the 16th hole tees for the second tee. So the second hole became like a 520 yard par four, whereas the 16th became like a 300 yard par four. Whereas if you play it from a little bit further back, you can stretch it out to like 320, 330. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you an option. It's like, okay, do I lay up mm. in front of the ditch or do I actually go for it? Yeah. Whereas the 16 was basically, you just everyone have to go for it. had to go for it. Yeah. 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 So nah, it kind of took a little bit of a little bit of fun out of it that way. I think the, the only thing I would say to that is because it, it, it promoted the more difficult shot. So it did increase some drama, so to speak. Yeah, a little bit, but it, it just basically turned into par three. Yeah, well, like, a, like a long par <laughs> three. <laughs> super long par Obviously three. a very difficult par three, yeah. but it, it turned into, well, there's nobody going to lay up on this hole. Mm. Everyone's going to hit the same shot. Yeah. I also think that like laying up on that hole, just thinking about it, like doesn't it all go down to that creek? Yeah, it's not. Listen, it, great hole for drama, not a great golf hole. Right. If, yeah. you, if you're like a purist. I, I think also like in terms of like watching on the TV, like how it sort of was framed in terms of like, you know, you could see everything that the um, the players sort of had in front of them. Like it was really cool for for that. Um, but yeah, a lot of people went in the water, didn't they? Like doing uh, the sort of like slice fa- around. To fans the or players. Oh, well, both. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That guy's gone viral, by the way, on, on TikTok. Like, he is just it's loving it. Do we know is that is just a random fan, right? Just, oh. a, just a guy, is right? Because I just I was when I saw it, I thought, okay, well, he's jumped in the water. When he gets out the water, he's going to get a tame, like yeah, pulled away. Tame, yeah. But no one did anything, no, and then he did it again. Yeah. If uh, if you've not seen this, by the way, after the kind of winning half point was secured on the 16th, 
just this this geezer, like this kind of older like, yeah, older, older guy, geezer, like. just basically sprints across the 16th green. <laughs> Colonel throws, Sanders throws himself in the water hazard on 16. Like a few other people jump in as well, but the way he did it, because no one saw like where he came from initially, it was like he might have been a like a, a family member of a because there was a lot of people walking inside the ropes. Right. It could have been like a, a family member of you know, whatever. But then he got out and he said, like, no security actually approached No, no one did anything. Um, <laughs> so I he, he kind of like turned around and jumped back in, <laughs> yeah. got out and then jumped back in again. It was one of those things where if it was like a, if it was a kid, you can get away with it. Yeah. If it's like an old guy, you can get away with it. If it was like a 30 year old, they'd be a bit like, oh, come yeah. on, mate, you know, yeah, behave yeah. yourself a bit, a bit of a dick. So he managed to like pull that off. And then after that moment, it was like these, the security and the stewards and the marshals had been doing such a good job throughout the week. Basically was like, ah, whatever. Yeah, you're good, you're good. It's, it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. over. I'm not needed here anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like, they just let everyone no, do, do whatever they wanted. That's great. Uh, what would you give his dive out of 10? I was kind of like, I've seen it a lot now. I'm ranking it like a... Six. Uh, out of 10. I'd say six. I would say that that's the first dive he's done in a while. He definitely went to spring, and his knees probably weren't yeah, as definitely. spring as he wanted to be. And then he didn't go in like that. He sort of went in like like, a like that, almost yeah, yeah. like a really on a verge of a belly flop sort of yeah, thing yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he didn't quite nail it. But yeah. Very cool. Though. I love play. that. Very, it, I, it, I tell you what, it's tempting though. Like it's so hot. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it cooled off. I can imagine. Wasn't Finno like gonna try and stop? Yeah, him? that's what Did I was you sort of see he, that? he was probably he was... the only person that made any sort of slight attempt to stop him. Yeah, and it was only like a brief kind of like he went to sort of run towards him and then thought, well, I'm not getting him before the water, yeah. so I'm just gonna let him do his thing. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the kind of temperatures to be running around. No, no. You know, it's just like a, you know what. It's fine. Just, just, just have a go, mate. Well, we we'd been in um, Spain the week before for the Solheim Cup, and we'd spoken about on the podcast um, a couple of episodes ago that Sol uh, that Finca was difficult to to get around as a spectator. Was that similar for Marco? Because obviously the heat doesn't help. Uh, but we yeah. thought that maybe there would be good vantage points and places to watch. But you have to get to those vantage points, which might be quite hilly. Um, Marco is a definitely a better, better. spectator's call because yeah. okay. uh, there's a lot more, a lot more banking around the greens okay so you can actually get a few more vantage points and the the way that they set up the big screens as well mm. was actually pretty good i if you think about the Ryder cup especially the first two days you've only got four groups out at any one point so there's a lot of people trying to see not a lot of golf yeah um so the way that they set it up was pretty much on every hole there you could see a screen Okay. So if you wanted to, you could wait, you could watch the golf on the screen as the groups came around, watch the groups, stay there stay and watch there. a bit more golf or like mm. move on. So they did that really, really well. Lots of free we refill stations as well. Good. Um, and it was needed. Yeah, I, I, I keep saying it, but it it's strange how hot it was. It was 30 degrees, but it felt hotter and it was just draining. Yeah. Like we were... Um, I mean, it should probably start at like the, the start of the event. Like we we managed to get into the opening ceremony. Nice. So we're there with BMW. We'd just been filming all day. Got a lot of stuff. Uh, this was on the the when uh, the Thursday, sorry. And uh, Greta from BMW basically came in and said, "Do you want to go to the opening ceremony?" So well, yeah. I mean, we're thinking of wandering over anyway. Yeah. He said, "No, no." Do you want to go to the opening ceremony? As in, do you want to be one of the people sat at the front? That's so cool. And me and David were like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously. So we got our little gold wristband, made our way like through. It was quite, it was the ultimate, if your name's on the list, you're not coming in. So there's like an entrance 
uh, just to the side, and it was basically gold wristbands only. So we went round, we kind of made our way through the crowd, you know, a little nudging of shoulders. Like, excuse me, excuse me, I've got somewhere to be. And just managed to like get up to the entrance. So this this bouncer basically on the entrance to it was like just saying, No, you can't come in, go. No, you can't come in, go. And anytime you saw a wristband, it was just like a point, an acknowledgement, and just like a point over his shoulder. You're in. You're in. Nice. So it was like, all right, thank you. Yeah. So we got in, sat down um right in the middle in front of the stage. And the sun was just like there. And it was cooking. <laughs> it was like a little oven. Yeah. It was so, so hot. So instantly, like, me and David were just dripping. Absolutely dripping straight away. Fortunately, we brought caps in. But there's a lot of people there who were very red. And he, he doesn't, he doesn't like the sun, David, does he? He's not. Hon- honestly, like, David, if you're watching this, we, you know, we, we spoke about this. I honestly think that David might be donated to medical research after he passes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think David's skin holds the holds the key to eternal life. Oh, right. It, it can't be it can't be harmed by the the sun's <laughs> rays. It isn't. It doesn't. It doesn't touch him. He's it, like he's made of Teflon. It, 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 he does go red though. Yeah. Is it? No. No. He doesn't. Like oh. th- there's red, and then there's David red, which is just like a light. A, a light dusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Un- it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. And then it. it doesn't change colour either. No. <laughs> but it peels as well sometimes, I, which is the weird thing. I reckon if you put him in like a machine and milked him, I reckon he would give off factor 50 sun cream. Okay. I think that's actually where they get it. Right. <laughs> well, just From David. David. David at the weekends goes to like the Sultan factory. Just like, just milk him. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Honestly, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Get that um, picture out your head. Love it. <laughs> if you can. <laughs> if you can. So, yeah, we, we we were sat there and I've got, I mean, it was very, very cool to be there, but these opening ceremonies, they're just so full of like unnecessary things. Yeah. Like an opening ceremony is like, you want some speeches from the captains. You want to maybe hear from a player or two, potentially, um, and then get the national anthem the flyover which they had was amazing. And then that's it. Like just bish, bash, bosh. Some hype videos. Love a hype video. Yeah. Nice. They were very, very good. Got a good. montage in there. Yeah, yeah. Love that. They had like this really old, um, like Italian guy come on who like fought really hard to get the event. And he was like narrating the, the hype video. It was really cool. It was like, yeah. yes, I'm pumped for this. Ready. This, this is going to be, oh, this is going to be so good. And then they got Tom Grennan on. Go on, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I, I have... Nothing against Tom Grennan. I like his music, but it was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna stop this opening ceremony. We're gonna just go from this hype video, and here's Tom Grennan performing oh. his new song. <laughs> it's, it's like right. Yeah, it was a bit of a shift of change and mood. Yeah, it was like, where's he just? Where's Tom Grennan just come from? He just like popped in from the side, <laughs> and it, he had a very over enthusiastic bass player, which I don't like. Like bassists, I used to play a bit of bass guitar. Your job there is just a bit of plucking, bit of strumming, and like go for it like it was Van Halen. I'm like, come on, it's fine. Just, anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't like take my eyes off her. She's like, what, what are you doing? It's way too hot for that. So Tom Grennan came on, did a song, went off. I was like, right, okay, fine. Let's get on with the opening ceremony again. And then like they had an all-star Ryder Cup game similar to what they had at the Open. It was like Catherine Newton, who's 
as just far as I'm everywhere. concerned. That's what she does, right? She's just a golfer. Now. Yeah. Like, she doesn't act anymore. Same she's with Bale as well. I know he's retired anyway, but... Gareth yeah. Bale was there, yeah. Had a nice chat to Gareth. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, Novak, Novak Djokovic, Djokovic. Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz. Andrei Shevchenko. So... And then they got, and then like they broke up the only ceremony and said, "Okay, let's hear from some of the people who were in the All Star game yesterday." I was like, "Well, like, why?" Yeah, like, that's, I like, that's not what we're here for. I met all these people and I like them, but it's like, why? Yeah, why, why, why do we need to? This is like fifteen minutes of being in a microwave that I don't need. Yeah. It's like just, just get on, just get the ca- get the teams out, get the captains on. Yeah. So I was like, right, okay. So anyway, I'm getting a bit sweaty, obviously now. Get a bit annoyed. And then this lady comes on and does the national anthem of Italy. So they've done the national anthems, they're raising the flags. And then the Italian national anthem kind of comes on, this lady sings it. And all of a sudden, the Italian Red Arrow equivalent, I'm not sure what they're called, do a flyover just as she hits the climax of the national anthem. <laughs> it's a great national anthem, by the way, the, as well. The, the timing of it, I mean, it's top 20. The timing it's, uh, of it it's, yeah, it's good. was and Perfect. That's that can't be under because that is so difficult. I, I'm not talking. It was near. It was like on it. Bang on. Perfect. Yeah. Really. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> that is. That's been practiced. Amazing. So that they flew really low as well, and it was like, oh, this is. That's cool. This, this is so cool. Well, that's what the opening ceremony. Like that's my. When I think about it, it just should be the, the the first opportunity to get all the players on the stage, all the captains there, and then just start to build and let it bubble and just get that excitement going. My yeah. fa- my favourite moments from the Ryder Cup, and I don't know why, is that first announcement of the foursomes in the morn in in that session, and when they like announce them and they both stand up, and then they usually kind of do like a little look at each other, like oh, me and you, yeah, we're going out to battle tomorrow, and then they announce the yeah. and they're stood the other side and they're like, look, at, I just love that kind of like yeah. right this is the like announcement of the first like matches coming yeah, together exactly. it's and that's the kind of stuff you need you know, yeah. it, it should be the real focus should be on the course the people who made it possible the teams and then announcement of what's going on tomorrow and yeah. just like keep it like short simple bang yeah and like get everyone fired up for it don't like unnecessarily stretch it out but the fly <laughs> the flyover wasn't over that's what really got me so the first <laughs> flyover went, smoke came out of the back, Italian flag, everyone's fucking uh, hyped up. <coughs> the team's already out at this point, and then Zach Johnson begins his speech. Okay. You can, he's a, you can tell he's nervous. Uh, one thing I didn't know about the speeches, by the way, is one thing you can't see. Like, over the back of my head, and everyone else's head, obviously, when you look around, they had a massive screen with the speech. It's got to be auto-cue, yeah. And it was, I, I don't know what the, the name is, but... Like, if you are learning a foreign language and you want to get the pronunciation right. Oh, where they it was sp- phonet- phonetically is it phonetic. So you space out the letters and how it sounds. So we had that on. And I was like, come on, mate, come on. You, you've got to learn this off high. You can't yeah. do that. So he got off to a slightly nervy start. And about 10 seconds after his speech, the planes do another flyover. <laughs> they literally bombed his speech. Like, they came from behind the stage over the top of the crowd so first over they went like from basically right to left over our heads and then they did a second pass and went from to uh, front no. to back over the stage so zach johnson was like what's just happened there <laughs> it like completely sidetracked him and then he struggled to get back on yeah. track don't know if they meant to do it like that but mm, it, it could be it was it was an interesting way what did they like do another sort of that like, italian flag it was yeah, it yeah. Just, yeah, yeah another pass. Uh-huh. like a full on they didn't just fly over there was a 
they had the smoke on and everything like that. But like no one expected it. Yeah, yeah. So everyone was like, whoa, that's so cool. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden everyone was like looking up and like laughing at me. Oh my God, oh my God. And they just see everyone like, yeah, yeah. Straight back to Zach. And Zach was like, uh, I want to, <laughs> or oh, what do I do? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was intentional. Yeah, potentially. Maybe. Mind games. It, potentially, it kind of just like threw him off a little bit. Um, and to be honest, like, it, it, it doesn't make a difference. But the captain's speeches at the opening ceremony, it's almost like a little bit of who can deliver the best speech. Who's going to get the passions kind of inflamed? Who's going to get their players kind of like, yeah. oh, geed up? And Luke Donald 100% won the battle of the speeches. Yeah, like yeah. It wasn't even close. Didn't he do his first like little bit of the monologue in Italian as well? But it was decent Italian. Yeah, yeah. Like, Zach's Italian was someone trying to do Italian but with an American accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like Luke had obviously been smashing the Duolingo. Yeah. yeah. Love it, Luke. Yeah, that was uh, one of the things, you know, obviously you get on to like the final thing at the end, but all of the players saying how good of a captain is and just in terms of like his preparation and everything like that, that was really cool yeah. to see. Yeah, nothing, nothing so to chat. He, he really nailed every single thing down. And he is a very fine line, I think, between like... I've done a few like speeches and a bit of speaking in public. So when there's people actually there, like chatting obviously on a podcast, but then standing up in front of physical crowds mm. is a lot, lot oh, different. Yeah. yeah. So, so different. And when you start talking about things like people who've like contributed and it's obviously an emotional moment, but it's very tough, I think, to keep that emotion in, to get all their names out. And then to still instill the fact that you're so kind of passionate about what's going on, like to keep control over your emotions like that. Yeah. And Luke did that incredibly well. Um, gave all the pairings out. Everyone was hyped up. And then they got Tom Grennan back on. Yeah. <laughs> and for his second single. He's like, what's he doing back? <laughs> <laughs> what's he doing back? And I'm like, Tom, God bless you. He actually walked off the stage. You looked like quite disappointed. I don't know actually what he was expected to happen, but I was like, well, what's Tom going to do back? He's probably not um, done anything like that before, though. No, yeah. no, but it, it's a weird one. It's yeah. like a weird one. And like I said, I, I actually like Tom Grennan. He did the um, the halftime show at the first international game in London for the NFL as well on on Sunday. Honestly, I don't get it. <laughs> I honestly don't get it. He's got an album coming out, surely. He must have, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, it's been out. It came out a couple, couple weeks. Ago. Oh well, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. so he's on the promo tour. He's on the tour. He's on the pump. So after Tom Gunning was done, basically everything ceremony was over. Uh, we all went home. Got a not quite so early night. Obviously, went out that night and you know, sat next to Mafia boss. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we're up early the next morning. Got to day one of the Ryder Cup and the first tee was jumping yeah what time were you there uh so we got there at i think we got there at like half six and was it full uh it was pretty full yeah yeah Yeah. so the the gates opened at like 6 a.m or whatever it was and it was like a proper charge yeah yeah seen all the videos and stuff like that okay so a bit like getting to the 16th uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everyone was sprinting yeah yeah there was a bit for, a bit for funky bone actually on the first day um, the first video that emerged obviously the stewards are holding them back and they say okay you can go literally within the first few metres some guy fell over oh no so I thought oh my god he's going to get trampled there so he managed to get back up I said, Jesus Christ. 
But there's always that one guy. There's one guy in the front who's like an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Who like he <laughs> training pro- for the yeah, yeah, proper so William that. Wallace charge, like led the led the whole army forward. Okay. But yeah, it was all full. They did a fantastic job of like kind of getting the crowd hyped up. Um, and then the thunderclap was was fascinating. Mm. It, it looked so sick. It was it was really really good. Um, and there's something about I, I don't know I, I don't know what it is, but it was just that that anticipation. You could feel it. It was oh, you know, when are the players going to get here? And they they kind of spaced it out so they had someone on the tee like hyping up the crowd, playing a bit of music. Then you had the vice captains come out. Uh, Nicholas Colstar generally led the thunderclap in the morning. Um, And then Luke Donald came out and the captains. And it was like slowly bringing people out. And everyone was getting more and more excited. And then finally the the players actually arrived. Mm. And everyone just went mad. Mental. Everyone just went mad considering how early it was um, in the morning. Um, And those first shots were just... It's just brilliant. It was so... I've, I've never heard a shot welcome like that. And it was the initial like... Getting everyone G'd up. They like when they do the practice wings, the whoa. And then the silence, like the, the how fifteen thousand people could be that quiet. That quiet, yeah. Is amazing. And then the shot, then the cheer, then the anticipation, where's it gonna finish? Yeah. And then when it lands in the fairway, it was like, yeah, like celebrated like it was a goal. Yeah. Oh, I, it I was, think it, it's definitely something that you just don't you get it across the telly but you don't get it get it you just yeah. you know you like you say that kind of um that just juxtaposition between the the noise of 15,000 people and the silence of 15,000 people in that such short short space of time yeah. and how it can everything is just sort of felt on a single moment on a single shot on one person doing one thing at one time um and then that pure reaction to that happening is definitely something that as you say like you just don't you you would not be able to kind of really replicate that in any other way. Maybe like a a penalty or like a, a, a pe- in rugby penalty and football in penalty. You know the 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 kind of sort of all focused on one guy. Mm. It, it's the beauty of golf, I suppose, as well. And, and the the beauty of this 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 tournament and this this um, competition is that you know you have twelve different individuals, but in the in the idea of coming together as a team and not having that individual person just being about them, having it about everyone as well and kind of setting the marker for Europe or the marker for USA. It is easy to say, um, obviously with hindsight as well, but every single European kind of pair that came to the tee that morning were arm in arm. They looked united. Yeah. And you just, I just think you didn't get that vibe from the US the team. US, yeah. I, I feel like this is a conversation or like you see the pictures every Ryder Cup. Mm every Ryder Cup on the first tee when it's that camera angle when they're announcing them and you've got Rory and uh, Tommy for most of this year where they've you know they've got their arms over each other and they look together and then you've got Cantley and Shoffley who look miserable looking down at the <laughs> that was, ground that was a just terrible like, picture that. but like it just that you, I, I swear this just it comes up every year mm. yeah it was it, it was strange so because there's I, I think there's there's something to be said that you know there's, there's no smoke without fire which is you know a very kind of terrible saying but in some respects it is true there must be something to do with how the Europeans bond over compared to how the Americans bond that it's not just in the Ryder Cup it must be something throughout the year there must be something about going back to junior golf especially with foursomes because there's 
th- there's no reason why Europe should be better at foursomes than the US mm. unless it goes back to the fact that you know, generally in junior competition, especially elite junior competition, we do actually play foursomes. Hey, a bit more. I don't think it's really a thing in the US. Um, but that first session just set the absolute tone for the rest mm. of the Ryder yeah. Cup. Well, you, you said at the start that you felt that the Ryder Cup was decided after the second group went out. So, Victor Hovland. Yeah. That beautiful man. Beautiful man. <laughs> so, Victor Hovland, for a start... If you talk about corners, he hit the, he played all five sessions, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he hit the fairway. He hit the first tee shot on the foursomes and obviously the four balls in his singles match. Hit the fairway every single time off the first. Mm. Mm. And so he hit his drive. Aberg kind of hit it a little bit shovey, kind of to the right of the green. And where we were standing on the pavilion, you could see the first tee was just there below us. And then just to the right is a big screen kind of showing what's happening on the fairway and onto the green. So we have a look and like you can see Victor's got his, his wedge out. He's on the green. He's got his wedge out. I'm like, oh, what's he doing here? Mm. Like he's not like it it's a, yes, it you could chip it, but you can you can still put You can that. still put that, yeah. So anyway, he's got his he's got his lob wedge out. It's like, wow, what's going on here? And then he chips it. Now there was a roar, but it was it was a momentum shifting roar mm. mm. it was a kind of roar that if you're a European and you're you're on the range in your last few shots or on the green in yeah. your last few puts you must have wanted to sprint to the first yeah. team it was massive yeah. it was so loud and it was obviously Victor you know he's become one of the most popular golfers really worldwide not just in Europe but he was a fan favourite that week like yeah. people loved him and to chip in and boom it was off and like oh we're off we're going and it just shifted everything to such a blue wave on that board yeah and to win 4-0 that session it was almost like well yes the US can come back from this but it 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 had the feeling that the Europeans were just getting started mm. and it transpired that rest of the day mm-hmm. there was a slight fight back by the US in the afternoon but you know in three matches the Europeans came back and basically halved the first three when realistically the Americans should have won uh, at least two of those. Yeah, you know, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure the Europeans won the last hole in two of those matches mm. to bring it back to all square. Yeah, there's that there's that famous like uh, social clip where Shane comes in. He's like, "How the bloody hell have we won that session?" Something <laughs> oh, yeah. like that. It was yeah, so yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. He didn't. He, he said the. Uh, uh, I was going to say, more, it was a bit more expletive, but, a bit more fruity language. But, uh, yeah, that was so. Good. It was that. That was a weird session for me because that that 18th green, which notoriously hasn't been a great place for Europeans in Ryder Cups. The 18th greens always seem to be, or in recent memory, feels like the the place of losing matches. But to go three matches in a row. For all of them to go to the 18th and then all three for us to make a putt to either halve, halve holes to keep yeah. it all square or to win holes. I mean, Roses was the, was my favourite of the lot. Oh, I was, I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. I said, I said as, as good as Roses was, I think the best was Rams. Okay. Rams was See, surely the best. I think Rams was more, my thing with Rams was, was that it was a, just to hit it and hope it, it goes in. It, it was a putt which... I would say that with Rams, so Ram, they came back from what? Like, what yeah. was it? Like, came back? Was so, it three down or something like that? So their actual comeback. Yeah, that was, was pro- that's probably what it was what incredible. I mean, is that, like, 
sort of they they were down and out really and then to come back 16 17 and 8 yeah. i think he went, went and he eagled 16 didn't he uh, yeah, yeah. We, eagled sixteen, eagled eighteen, eagled eighteen. Yeah, like, that's just oh, in, in terms of in terms of like the the golfing prowess, yeah, that yeah. was like by far the best. But in terms of just like a moment, this like I don't know, just after all, after the Ram part, after the Hovland part, mm. and then for Rose to do it as well, and his like reaction for it, that was really just kind of like all of them kind of sort of amalgamated into one yeah. moment and he just like unleashed this and they were all there to watch it as well because yeah. obviously McElroy and Fitzpatrick well I say McElroy and Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick had decimated the uh, in the final group yeah. the, it was just a I don't know that, that and it, again that maybe was a moment that just kind of really highlighted and and emphasized the team element of Europe yeah, and just definitely. showed to the Americans just how much of a togetherness there is. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could see the, especially when Rose, I mean, that's a fantastic one of what Rose when he held that put and his, his celebration his was, face, yeah. Yeah. it was, it, I don't know, I mean, Justin Rose. Just un-Justin un yeah. Rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think of Justin Rose and he's like, a, you know, he's an ultimate professional. Mm. Um, but he just like he just lost his mind. He just it's just like they like, pointed to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he was almost like he was saying, "Oh, this is for you." And and then we got Lowry in the background, like fist pumping and yeah. sprinting along the side of the fairway and just losing it. And it was just you could see that the the, the passion and the togetherness in that, and to keep any red off the board mm. for two sessions in a Ryder Cup, that's that's remarkable, really. Yeah. That's it, it's a that's an achievement that it might not be done again for a long, long time. Mm. It really was that special. Um, and yeah, Fitzpatrick was just Fitzpatrick just lost his mind. Mm. Yeah, for it, those so well, I think it was seven seven holes in, we were six up, and he was I think he was six under. Six under. I think he had like four birdies and an eagle. I think part the first, and then just went mental. Just went, went mad. Yeah, mental. And then Rory made a birdie. I think on one of the par threes. Yeah, yeah. I I think the like Fitzpatrick and Rose just kind of almost like had a point to prove that that Ryder Cup I thought and they just were on a different different level like Justin yeah, yeah Justin in terms of like the obviously the age you being the oldest you know not having the greatest form coming into it but like he wanted to prove his point and then obviously Fitzpatrick two Ryder Cups not one a point like mm. he was like I am I am doing this yeah, yeah. like the pair of them were on on different levels different animals that day I think definitely Fitzpatrick as well because yeah. Fitzpatrick's been in two Ryder Cups both Ryder Cups the European team got battered yeah but both Ryder Cups he wasn't kind of on it yeah and he's, yeah. I think he's a very very different player now yeah I think um, I think there's a lot to be said for Hatton as well because I think coming into this we we kind of knew we have Rahm, we have McElroy, we have um, Hovland as like our our top three that we know if these if we're going to win, these guys are going to have to take yeah. three and a half, four points each, maybe. And then there was this question mark of like, can we find a, a fourth, a fifth, someone to just kind of stand up? And I think Hatton really came into his own on this in yeah. this competition. I think he's been in other Ryder Cups where he's done okay, but he's kind of been on the fringes, maybe not coming with the best of form, but we know how good a ball striker, how good a putter he can be, kind of a guy that really should be made for match play Ryder Cup moments. But this was the one I think that he really kind of came into his own in that first session where him and Ram just kind of like set the, set the momentum from the get-go. And then to come out with Hovland in the afternoon as well and get that final half. Yeah. He, he, he I think, was also uh, um, under, under kind of appreciated at the start of the tournament anyway of we were looking at the big guns and actually this guy's come out as well and, and really performed in front, of, in front of everyone. Yeah, I think there was... You could 
I mean, obviously it's easy when when you win, but the European team, I don't think there was really any kind of weak links. No. So, I mean, going in there, Rob McIntyre wasn't having the best of times. His mm. form wasn't incredible. But after a bit of a nervy start, like he managed to settle down yeah. mm. and went undefeated. I, um, would, I would say Nikolai was probably the the one that was not really giving me much to kind of... He, he started off all right and I thought like maybe he'd get into it a bit more like Bob did, but I think he kind of struggled a little bit with some moments in, in, in the Ryder Cup. But Bob, I must say, I, he, he impressed me a lot. I was not expecting him to not lose. Yeah. <laughs> Ran into them at the after party as well. Uh, who... Bob. Uh, Bob and uh, Nikolai. Oh, actually, nice. And his dad. Well, yeah, um, fan of the chat. <laughs> so, yeah, after that first day, it was great. Um, we were up early, very early the next morning because we were doing the piece on the BMW seats in the first grandstand. So we were basically in the first grandstand um, for the second day opening foursomes. Right. Nice. Which was cool yeah. because you, you got the atmosphere from the pavilion, but when you're in amongst it... It was brilliant. And there was the, the, the chant that really kind of... I was literally about to say this. Yeah, it kind of really kind of... I, I've heard it before every now and again, but the one where like where the right side, yeah. where the right side of the, the tee, middle. where the middle, where the left, and yeah. then it was did it on the greens on the final night, which we'll get to again. It was in the bar, honestly. Um, and then on the bus, <laughs> on the plane, there was some on the plane on the way back home. Really? Yeah. And wow. it, was, it was just like it seemed to be like the song um, of the event. So and it just goes on forever. Because it just builds. <laughs> you just think, it, oh, it'll end soon. Yeah, it's like it, no, they're it, going again. And it just builds and builds and builds until everyone's like, okay, we're just about enough. At there. no point did like you know when you go to a football match and you've heard the same sort of chant a couple of times um, throughout like the ninety minutes. There was never a point where I thought like a thunderclap was any different to the first one to to the last one, like the. The intensity of the crowd just stayed. The the one on the last day was the best. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because I think everyone knew it was the last day. Yeah, and the it, yeah, yeah. So oh. so cool. <laughs> I, I think the the fans, like, you know, getting a little bit off piece there, but the the fans. I know obviously the golf makes it, but the fans like just emphasize it so much. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's the whole the, the whole point of the Ryder Cup is that it's different than every other event. Yeah. And the, the fans are different than every other event. And you did see it throughout the first two days that when when an American kind of player missed the putt or kind of missed the shot, missed the fairway, there were cheers. Yeah. Now, there's a difference, there's a massive difference within golf if you are kind of an individual player playing an individual stroke play event in like the, the BMW PJ or whatever, you hit a shot and you miss a fairway and the crowd cheers, there's something very wrong with that. Yeah. It's very ungolfy. At the Ryder Cup, when that was happening, it, it kind of worked because everyone knows the team environment. But what also happened, and I think this is what is probably best about European crowds in the, in the, in the main, is that when an American missed the fairway, there was a cheer, but it wasn't a nasty cheer. Yeah, It was like, a, I'm supporting my team, you just missed the fairway, cool. Yeah. When an American hit a good shot, there, there was, appreciation there was a, well. a lot of appreciation yeah. as well. Because it was almost like, a, ah, you've hit the fairway, but wow. Yeah, good shot. Great yeah. shot, yeah. and everyone was clapping. So it, it was something which, which shouldn't go unnoticed about how good, how passionate, but how fair the crowds were. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, the and there was nothing which showed that more in many respects 
than the Brooks uh, Scotty Scheffler partnership mm. on day two in the foursomes, yeah. where Hovland and Aberg destroyed them. Just like. I mean, again, I think that this was mentioned so many times on the Sky coverage of like, oh, well, you know, Scotty and Brooks haven't played well, but you can't take it away from Ludwig and, and, and um, Victor. But it was just a pure decimation. Like, you've got two guys who've got six majors between them, and they've, got, and they've gone and lost for the worst ever Ryder Cup result. But it's just that, you know how we were talking about how there was sort of that team spirit of it? Like, Brooks and, and Scheffler kind of were almost like playing separately but together if you know what I mean like they weren't sort of talking with each other and it was really strange mm. so we might so when it ended on the uh, on the 10th hole ridiculous <laughs> God, was it actually the 10th was it yeah yeah, actually, yeah no the 7th yeah so when we were there on the 10th um, uh, 11th hole yeah I was about to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh the 11th yeah, yeah. sorry 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 um, we were basically watching this shot and they also have a bit of a chop up this hole so they're over the back of the green Scheffler's realistically got to hit this chip in so he hits this chip it goes past the pin it goes down uh, this massive slope which is to the right of that green mm. so to get a par Brooks base has to chip in yeah okay. so Scheffler hits this shot it goes down this hill the look <laughs> that Brooks gave Scotty. Really? It was it was pure it was it was a look of why did you just do that to me? It was really? like it, it was not a look of a supportive teammate. I'm gonna put it that way. It was pure daggers. Wow. Because what Brooks then had to do was go down this slope, which is a pretty big slope, yeah. with his wedge, right to the European fans. Yeah. Who were obviously just now at this point Everyone's celebrating. That. Yeah, everyone's right. celebrating, but it was almost like, honestly, the, the atmosphere was, it was almost a bit, it was kind of like, oh my God. Like they, sympathetic it to was, them. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was like, these guys are getting absolutely smashed. Let's just get this over with. Yeah. And then we can have a little bit of a celebration. But after the match, like Scotty got on the buggy, you could see he was emotional. And then on like the TV afterwards, he was crying. Yeah, you could see, yeah, they did show that. Yeah, And, and it was a bit of a... I think there was a bit of a moment. It was almost a tiny bit of a momentum shift then because it was like the Europeans almost felt like a little bit of sympathy. Yeah. Because it was clear at this point, in my mind as well, like, well, Europe are going to win this Ryder Cup because, like, the the Americans are just battered here. Mm. Like, they're, they're not giving anything. Yeah. Like, I know Thomas and Spieth were trying to G um, themselves up and G the team up a little bit, but they were fist pumping and celebrating halves. Yeah, yeah, on holes, and it was like it's just it just wasn't. It didn't feel like there was any genuine momentum um, during that. Scotty was is one of those where Zach and the USA were sort of you know in the in Ryder Cups you're sort of banking on our players like you know for us it was the Rorys, the Rams, the Hovlands, and they all came through. Scotty is definitely would have been one of those for the US where right we're going to put you out hopefully five times here and you're going to get us at least three, four points. And yeah. he didn't do that, which it, is... Uh, it, Scotty's point was just not good. No, no. It, I mean, it hasn't been all year, and obviously started working with Phil Kenyon literally this week. Like, you're going into the most pressurised golf environment yeah. in front of an away crowd, and you're trying to change your putting. Mm. Like, and, and Phil's a very technical... He's an excellent coach, Phil. 
but he works on very much the structure, the mechanics of a stroke. And if you're going into an environment like the Ryder Cup, you've got to get that nailed down before mm. you get there. Yep. So it was never going to be a case that he was going to transform his putting in one week, especially yep. under those conditions. I don't know when, um, when you want to sort of talk about this, but do you think that Zach's picks in terms of like who he picked and where he placed the picks was a fundamental issue? Issue. It, it was, but hindsight's 360. Yeah. No, I know. But like, especially on that first day, that morning of the first day of the foursomes, you would, I, I'd, I'd like to think you put someone like a JT in there that's going to really rile up and get yeah, that momentum. But, but then putting Scotty and, and Sam in there that aren't, I, I have no emotion when they play, you know. It, it's it, like, I, you to, need that G up, you know what I mean? To, to be honest, I'm not like... I, I know, I know Zach's got a bit of um, a bit of a battering as far as like his picks and his pairings and all the rest of it. Mm. There was only a few occasions during that Ryder Cup where I think he actually made a mistake. Like on um, on 16th where he kind of almost intervened with Spieth. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. To yeah. say, oh no, hit a three-wood rather than a drive and then Spieth hits it into the water. What he was doing there, I, I honestly don't know. It was such a weird... Um, it's such a weird thing. And then after the first day, he said, despite the scoreboard, you know, I'm really proud of the efforts that were put in today, which, you know, you'd kind of see maybe he's just trying to get the players a little bit mm. in what the right zone again. What day was that? After the first oh, day. After the first day. Oh, right. Whereas it was like, well, how can you be proud of the efforts? They've just been literally wiped off the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a bit weird. But I mean, it, again, it is very, very... It's very hindsight. Very, very hindsight. And to be honest, I don't really see what he could have done too much differently. Right, okay. the, the Europeans were because just better. Because they were that good, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just I mean, that's what you mean. The, yeah. the, the big line from, from the US camp standpoint was the fact that nine of the 12 players had not played for five weeks. And, mm. you know, so there's 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 an element of, well, you know, I, I don't think it's on Zach to say to them, can you go play more golf, please? Like, yeah. they should be kind of wanting to go. Well, and you, and yeah. you've got guys like JT and Sam and um, Scotty. And there's there's a few in there as well that, like, they were coming in, whether it's a putting stroke or whether it was JT with his swing entirely or um, Sam with his swing entirely. You saw these guys that, you know, they were missing big left and right. And I saw I, I, when JT was in really pressurized moments. And um, I think it was when he was coming down 18 on the on the singles in his match. And he was stood on the tee over his ball, rehearsing and practicing for so long and then had to step away from it and he was not comfortable at yeah. any point and that's just where the kind of that you know when your swing will come under the most scrutiny in a, in the most pressurized moment in probably you'll ever have in golf unless it's like on the 18th of a major or something like that and you could see that these you know they weren't holding up as well as the Americans or the Europeans who were just so comfortable in what they were doing yeah and I think that I bet there was some sort of strategic element there from Luke where being like right boys I don't care about this. I want you all to play in that BMW Championship. I imagine they probably all would have anyway, but it's the fact that they were in Rome that week and then they came back, came to Wentworth on the Tuesday or the Monday. Mm -hmm. Like They all played together at BMW. There, they there has to be an element of of um, strategy there. Mm. There has to be an element. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, also yeah. Luke um, paired up potential pairings in the BMW. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it, it, again, it's that that forward planning which which definitely helped and I think which the Europeans have generally been better at. I think the only year where it wasn't great was um 
probably when Faldo was kind of captain. I think that was back at Valhalla when it just it mm. didn't work out. Mm. So you need that captain to really bring the players together to be a unifying force and to get them all in the right direction. And obviously that didn't happen. I mean, you, you could tell that something wasn't quite right because things started to emerge from the US camp as soon as they started to get beat. Yeah. yeah. So this rumour kind of started... And to be fair, to be fair, this was something which I... I didn't believe at the time. It just seemed a bit weird. So there's a tweet, I think Jamie Weir, I think it was, basically put out there that Cantley wasn't wearing a hat because it was his um, protest about the US Ryder Cup players not getting paid for playing yeah. in the Ryder Cup. Man. So if you're not aware, players playing in the Ryder Cup, they don't get directly paid. They get paid if they play the President's Cup, but they don't get paid directly from the Ryder Cup, both from the European standpoint and the US standpoint. They do get payments into their pensions but from a Ryder Cup standpoint, and there's been research into this, if you're a Ryder Cup player, the endorsements and the financial benefits you get from playing in a Ryder Cup, they come afterwards. Yeah. You also get bonus um, bonuses from your uh, current sponsors a lot of the time. So the, the actual financial benefits are there, but there's something about the... The, the Ryder Cup is great because you're not playing for money. It's not about yeah. your own financial gain. It's about playing for the team. It's about playing for your country. It's about playing for your continent. It's about playing for pride. It's about the very essence of golf that when you pick up clubs for the first time, you dream of being a professional golfer. When you're pretending to hold that putt to win the Open, when you're pretending to hold that putt to win the Ryder Cup, you're not thinking, oh, this is going to be great because I can buy a house in Sicily. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking, this is amazing because I'm playing for the actual spirit and the love of the game. And that's what the Ryder Cup still has. It still captures that essence. And as soon as you start bringing in things like, oh, you know, we demand that we should be paid this much for turning up and playing in the Ryder Cup, Yes, it makes money for the tours. Yes, it makes money for the PGAs. But it's not about that from the fans' perspective. And it's the fans, as always, that actually make any sport tick over. Yeah. So when kind of that came out with Patrick Canley, and especially when he's like, he's just in protest and not getting paid, he's not wearing a cap. It just didn't make sense to me. I was like, this, this, this isn't right. There's just something about this that mm. isn't quite right. And, you know... I think it was, it came out, obviously it came out afterwards, Patrick Canley got married on Monday in Rome and very simply just did not want a big forehead captain <laughs> when he got married. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a great way to look at that's it. That's literally the reason. Yeah. Well, he did say that like, the caps didn't fit, but that's a, yeah, that's a great, So that's great, yeah. Like, uh, it was just something about it that, I mean, he very much might not, agree with the system about not getting paid and those and the show plays maybe one of those as well so there are maybe some issues there but the other thing that i'd seen that more so came out after the Ryder cup was to do with the netflix cameras yeah um, and the, how that the, the cantley and shoffley didn't want them coming in to, to film and the fact that if they were going to come in to film that they should be getting some kind of payment yeah. from it and and, and that that was the that was the other kind of stipulation, which yeah. I was with you with the Cantley stuff. I was like, that doesn't sound quite right. But then when Shoffley's dad did his interview about it and was speaking about how Shoffley didn't almost play because of all this stuff, I was a little bit kind of like, well, maybe it wasn't about the the payment of the Ryder Cup stuff, but actually there was some kind of confliction between playing because they weren't getting paid with these cameras, which ultimately they voted and decided that they weren't going to come in and be able to mm. film them, which is a shame because I was really looking forward to seeing mm. all of that play out. In the I, I, I reckon they've still got some 
some juicy B- BTS. It's you a, know. It, it's, oh, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. such a high. It's such a highway to nothing. It's like you've got this Netflix series, which was hugely popular. You've got this opportunity to showcase yourself in the best possible light, and to introduce the fans to a side of golf that they may not see, and to just say, "Ah, well, you know, I'm not getting directly paid from that." It just seems so unnecessary. It seems mm. so yeah. kind of pointless. You know, the, you know, Xander. They don't have enough money already. <laughs> yeah, I know Xander and Cantley. You know, these these boys aren't struggling. No, not at all. You know, we don't we don't need to have a whip round in yeah. the clubhouse to get them a new kind of gutter because it's leaking. You yeah. know, they are all right. Yeah, like they are doing fine. There is something to be said about if if I'm Patrick Cantley, I'm appearing here. And people are making money off my back, then yeah, maybe there's an argument to be said. Well, you know, maybe there's there's an inherent unfairness to that. But at the same time, guys, it's the Ryder Cup, mm. and it goes back to everything that we just said about this not being about money, this being about something better than money, something a little bit purer than than that aspect of the side of golf, something which again you just you dream about as a kid and maybe that's just something that they're not actually that yeah, fussed about which is a shame them. which yeah. is a shame yeah um, that, that was definitely like because that that really kind of that that really was held over the top of day two it was almost like this kind of murmuring mm. this has been heard and even after day one they did an interview with Zach Johnson on the first tee on the second day and Tim Barter was talking to him and he was first question was coming out. Oh, uh, you know, you didn't play very well last night. I heard there was an illness going round. Oh mm. yeah, the guys aren't feeling too great. Yeah, but we're not yeah. talking about that. And it was in the second day. It was oh, well, you know, Cantley's conflicted the the dressing room and all this kind of. Mm. It was just like this, every day there was some and, kind and, of reason. And, for and Fowler was like Fowler was apparently really ill, and he was like um, in a different hotel or something like that because he was sort of being. Yeah being sort There's, of isolated from the rest of them and stuff like this again this isn't something that happens if they're winning yeah that's what I mean as soon as those losses yeah. appear as soon as like it's a battering as well like, you, these you, stories come out you could almost say that the stuff after day two even though we still didn't lose the day the that what happened on the 18th and the kind of the the, the pure amalgamation of like what had happened that we we didn't necessarily need more fuel or anything else to kind of well, like energize us but actually going into that final day as we'll talk about what happened on the 18th th- we we actually probably gained from it more than the U- than yeah. the USA did so basically the first three sessions um Europe had won um you know we we won every session so it gets the um Saturday afternoon and the US starts to make a bit of a comeback they start to play good golf um and they are perhaps galvanized by the fact that you know, these stories have started to come out and there's a question about team unity. Potentially they come out to show like really what they're made of to make a bit of a comeback and to actually try and make that last day competitive. Yeah. They come out, they win the session three one, but on the last hole, uh, Cantley holds like this ridiculous put mm. uh, to eventually, which would go on to basically win that kind of hole, win that match. And then Joe, Le- Joe LeCarver, um, Cantley's caddy who from every single person I've spoke to is a mild decent guy 
gets his cap off, starts yeah. waving it around because of this whole cap situation, which uh, the whole US yeah, the team, whole team were doing, were doing well, it, yeah. uh, because the European fans were saying, like, hats off to your bank account hats and all this kind of stuff. Hats off to your bank account. Hats Again, great European chance. So um, and then he basically gets in, not exactly gets in Rory's face, but gets pretty close to oh, Rory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of waving his cap around. Starts, like, abusing, I think it was Rose and kind of Lowry as well, just, like, shouting off and telling him to F off. Um, Rory misses this putt. US win that kind of match and then we've got this thing in the car park afterwards where Rory's running hot yeah he's yeah. angry he's Good running hot in. and he's like <laughs> he's shouting over Bones' shoulder at Joe and then basically Larry like bundles in him to the back of a car yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's outside a club at 2 o'clock yeah, in the actually, Sheffield yeah. and it's like and all of a sudden you've got like this really good comeback this shift of momentum in towards the American side and then that just kills it. Mm. All, all of a sudden, you've got the Europeans like, you know what? We're ahead. And now, now we want to step on them. Yeah. Like now we do want to really yeah. kind of batter them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was weird. It was, like, it was like a self-inflicted wound that didn't need to happen. Mm. And I, I think from, from what I understand, like, I think Joe kind of reached out pretty well, quickly just to apologize. Apparently, but then Rory in, was on interview after he finished on the 18th um, or when he finished in his singles and he said that he's not heard from him at all. Um, I, I think I saw that and I thought Rory had like uh, Michael Jordan him. You know, and I took that personally. Oh, right. And okay. then just used that the next day to fire him up. Because he was, he was... Oh, he was hot. He was pumped. Yeah, he was running you hot. You could see it in his eyes as well. He was just mega focused, everything. Like, to, he was G'd up. To be honest, they all were. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. It was The a, whole it, week. It was a running thing throughout the week about how united and how focused that the Europeans look. I think when you've got, like, someone someone like Shane Lowry there as well that is, throughout everything doing that and like mm. uh, uh, you know amping up the crowd and amping up a half point you know the, those sort of things I know you were saying that um, that Justin Thomas was doing it but like it's really important to do that sort of stuff I think just yeah. like really G yourself up G the crowd up get momentum momentum's a massive thing for the Ryder Cup and, mm. and they just had it the whole way um, I think with that as we kind of got onto the last day um, the atmosphere was was incredible um and you know those big players for europe kind of do again just come through so yeah. ron with that kind of half winning put on the last half it again momentum he felt ah, it's another point half a point closer yeah. hovland obviously wins yeah um rose loses to canley canley was kind of the, the the way that canley kind of dealt with everything you have to say that the, the boys are sociopath like <laughs> for, for, yeah, yeah. For, for about like cool Super an cool. hour rose became like the best putter in the world yeah. he just like did not miss it was unbelievable he was like fighting back fighting back but like you say cantley is cantley he's just kind of he's very um yeah not i was gonna say serial killer but, but he's very like just focused on the point like and he's not a big celebrator either even when he, he'll give it a fist pump but it's not and it's no. quite muted he does seem to be able to just like block everything mm. and mm. just like play his own game it's, it's an incredible skill to have and it, to be honest like a few people were a few people around me on that sunday were getting a little bit nervous i i i kind of felt that really from from a European perspective, it was it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion, but yeah. it was. It, I didn't ever think it was as close as people seemed to think it yeah, was getting. Yeah, I, I think that it was. You know, because a lot of the players were out at this point, and then John Rahm was losing, and then obviously you got Cantley there, um, and what is it, Sam Burns as well. Like there was a in those first couple of groups where 
um, the US, uh, sorry, the, the Europe could have really secured it. Like that John Rahm one, that match was incredible. I thought that was Brilliant. That's a like that a so match for the good. ages. That one so good. Yeah, and if Scotty would have won that, I, I I genuinely think that it would have been really different. It could. Yeah, I mean the we Luke top. You know, he top loaded it very heavy with our big guns and stuff. Yeah. And obviously that he he felt that he could do that because we had such a big lead. And you you would you can say that he did the right thing because we won in the end. 100%. So you know that's the way that's the way he should have done it. And I think winning those two and a half points out of the first four matches did really kind of settled down so to speak it was just then further down the board you had these guys that there was just a long run of red mm. but you, you you've got to believe and you've got to feel that you know they they weren't all going to stay that way for the whole time and that someone was going to come through and again my kind of you know unsung hero with Hatton kind of winning that point which took us to 14 points yeah that really was the kind of like okay we're just so close like someone's now going to get half a yeah. point somewhere yeah. surely exactly exactly and it was that it was at that point we kind of like we're on the first hole um for the tee shots and then we kind of had a look because sunday was free for me so we had a bit of a wander around um and ended up uh me uh rick rick shields seven golf um kind of mia um Ollie, we all kind of ended up on the 16th hole mm. overlooking it from the 1927 pavilion i want to say so we saw all the action coming down there mm. um and it was we were in the mbc uh, like sky area uh, but it was very very american heavy oh, like yeah. we, we were the only like europeans in there <laughs> it's a bit awkward really? really um so we got to see everything we got to see uh tommy fleet will weirdly secure the Ryder cup um i'm not sure that it's ever happened in certainly recent Ryder Cup history that I can remember. Normally, the point where you win the Ryder Cup is done with a, a hold put. Yeah. Number one. So, you know, here's, you know, Fleetwood to win the match. And win the Ryder Cup. And to win, win the Ryder, Ryder Cup. Cup. Yeah. So all the cameras around, all the examples there. But in this regard, because we only needed half a point, when Fowler conceded a three-foot put to... Fleetwood on the 16th which put him two up with two to play that was the moment that everybody knew that the Ryder Cup was secure yeah so it was quite a a weird like Fleetwood obviously celebrated everyone celebrated but it was like a kind of drawn out yeah. extended celebration rather than this big release of emotion yeah um which well, was quite strange well, and Fowler, um, Colonel Sanders jumping in the water <laughs> well Fowler obviously went in the water that hole so it just made and you know Fleetwood under the under the circumstances, hit this incredible shot. Probably the best shot on sixteen all yeah. day. It was yeah, it was incredible. And obviously, Fowler, yeah, Fowler just did not put up a fight, and it was just you know it was done really, wasn't yeah, it? It was. But I know what you mean. It's like the, it was kind of anticlimactic, but not. Yeah, was, yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Like you say, it was. He didn't have to make a part. Yeah, it was to go dormy, so you still had to keep playing. So we knew that the point was the half point was confirmed at least. Mm. And then the fact that you say there was just so much else going on in the golf course that we couldn't quite celebrate until the moment was yeah. done. Yeah. And it was, it was obviously, I'm never going to complain about winning a Ryder Cup, but it would have been nice to kind of have that, like, you know, it's not a moment that's going to be shown on telly, like him picking up his ball. Exactly. You, want that, you want that Martin Keimer, 2012. Exactly, exactly. You want that win. You want everyone jumping around. That's, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't, you know, yeah, didn't the, get that. Yeah, moment. there's so many great moments, as you say, from Ryder Cups of someone rolling in a putt to win. Yeah. And the one from this year is essentially yeah. him picking up his ball. It's Basically, just, all the all the highlights from this year's Ryder Cup came from the first two days. Mm. Mm. Realistically, like, there were some good moments on the Sunday, but 
yeah, for me, it was never, it never completely felt like it was never in doubt in my mind. No. All right. Well, that's that, that's in, yeah, that's interesting. I, th- I think it could have gone, but I think that it could have gone back because especially those last sort of groups where like um, with Lowry, like just Beef was winning that. Fowler was winning against Fleetwood. Like it, there was a lot of red going on. There was yeah. a lot of red. There was a lot of red going on. It was and just... only a couple of blue. Um, you know, obviously Scotty was up on the on the the last hole as well. So there was a bit too much. You know, like you say, it probably would never. Like it didn't feel. Um, it didn't feel that bad, but like it could have gone. Yeah, that's what that. It, that's one of those hindsight um, things. But it, you know, it could have gone. It, it was that thing. Obviously, we're talking about like momentum and and things like that. But for me, it was like at Medina. It was one of those cases that. You could almost, you got the sense that something's happening here. Yeah. You got the feeling that, hang, hang on a second, there's, there's something going on. Mm. There's, there's a chance here. And then that chance started to build in like, oh my God, there's an actual chance. With that, it was almost like, well, listen, America are up in a few matches here, but it, it, it never felt like it was going to be super, it never felt like it was going to get down to like 14 and a half, 13 right, and right. a half. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, we ended up winning by kind of five points, which was the margin we went into the day at. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a, a strange one on the last day. Yeah. I mean, like, we, we, we just split the session, which was kind of just sort of an under, yeah. under sort of appreciated thing of, like, mm. actually at the end of it, like, it, I know, again, what you're saying, Kieran, is like, obviously hindsight is a massive thing, but, like, it wasn't close, but it was at yeah. a point. It, there was, it was... I know what you mean. Like, you know, there was at one point where um, everyone was out on the golf course... And it was like at a point where there was so much red going on. And then like there was that shift where I think, like I said, that John Rahm sort of moment where he ties it, then it all started to just go that mm. little bit more. And then obviously yeah. Hovland getting his point. So it was, you know, it, it did mean, go, but I, I've got a little bit of a, I've got a little bit of a theory every now and again that like the masters, for example, it can actually be a bit of a stinky major which is sacrilege to say, but yeah. the way that Amen Corner works and the way that those par fives work on the last few holes, it can almost seem a lot closer than it actually is. Mm, mm. And I think that was the case on this Ryder Cup. It seemed a little bit closer than actually was yeah, in I reality. Think, I think that we've had the, you know, obviously we've had the Miracle McDiner and, you know, all these sort of, that, that was in the back of my mind, like the... There was, there's always a potential that a team can come back. Yeah, yeah. Always, it can be done. It's oh, yeah, 100%, a, yeah. There's always a, a, a player that, you know, can storm through the field sort of thing. Like So it's always sort of in the back of your mind, even though that... Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and honestly, yeah, I know exactly what yeah. you're saying. Um, yeah. It just never... On the ground, it just never felt like that. Maybe, yeah. maybe because it was obviously such a European crowd. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. So, we, I mean, we won, we won the Ryder Cup, really, with the first... We did. Yes, we did. With the first three sessions yeah and you know for America only to win one of the sessions out of the five yeah. you know that's, that's a, that just kind of shows exactly what an amazing performance it was I think from an American standpoint obviously Max Homer played very well yeah, yeah um, really good. did yeah. some really good things um, I, I, a few years ago certainly um, kind of at Whistling Straits you were looking at the American team and you were thinking there's a lot of incredible young players here Mm-hmm. you were thinking this Ryder Cup team could mm. go on to dominate for years. Now, 
Mm. It's 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 around it's again. It seems weird. <laughs> it's so it's amazing, the, isn't it? There seems to be like, and again, it's very easy to say just after the event. There seems very little cohesion. There seems very little unity within the American team, and almost a bit of a kind of a head scratching of how are we going to get this to work yeah. moving yeah. forwards. Whereas the Europeans, like Rory in the press conference afterwards, the first thing... Oh, they're on to next, next the one. The first thing he was talking about was, yes, it was an amazing victory, but the hardest thing to do in professional golf is to win an away Ryder Cup. Yeah. And that is what we are going to do yeah. at Brookline. Yeah. Beth Page. Beth Page. The, the, uh, Beth Page, sorry. The first thing... The first thing <laughs> yeah. that was on his mind, yeah, and the first thing that. that everyone in the European team reacted to as well, yeah, yeah. No, every bang single the table, slap like, the table ooh, was so good, and that is that's what I mean about like a team with because it's not momentum just at the Ryder Cup; it's about the the whole kind of group and the whole process of looking to an event and having unity across years, not just across one week, mm. and that is something where yeah. I think that's I think special. that's a really good line actually, Peter. I think like. The Americans, they have. It feels like they just they do come together for the week, whereas the European stuff just like it starts when it's a Ryder Cup like run, and you know that the teams are starting to build, and there's a year of the team like you earn your points. From that moment, it feels like like Europe together. The mm. unity starts, and you start to feel that like there's guys that are egging each other on. Like I know it was only a couple of weeks before it started, but I thought the BMW was just like a perfect example of on that final day and Ram and Hatton were in the final group together. And when Ram couldn't win, but he was stood watching in a, in a stroke play event where he is meant to be against this guy. And he stood watching him on the 18th putting and egging the ball to go in and wanting him to make birdies to win this tournament, yeah. which I don't know if their kind of friendship is something, because it's not necessarily one that you know much of if they get on particularly well at all, which you obviously do. But, you know, just to, it was really, it just drew my mind back to when they were the first group out in the Ryder Cup and then seeing them on the 18th at PGA, uh, uh, the BMW PGA together and just thinking of just like, yeah, these are guys that want each other to do well in the Ryder Cup. And then also when they don't win, they want them to do well in the event that they should be beating these guys in as well. Yeah. It just, it's a, it is, it's something that I think if the USA team could put their finger on it, then they would have done something about it by now. And I think Mick made a comment in our in our group chat about he wasn't happy with how Zach Johnson's sort of mindset of like just going and letting the guys do their thing, and the old you know that kind of mentality or that kind out. of yeah they'll figure it out kind of thing, and that kind of approach has been used before. Hmm. But the thing is, it's in we're, we're talking now about probably one of the most impressive. Um, dominant kind of records in in short um, cut and more modern sporting history of Europeans' dominance on home soil. Mm. You know, it's it's over thirty years now that we haven't lost here, mm. and I'm not. You know, the Americans would have tried a lot of ways to try and win. Be thirty four soon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, you go, you go. I've forgotten what I was. Sorry, saying. that was a bit. Of that a, was quite. I, I that, that was a, that yeah. was on a one there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's come back to me. It was. I mean, obviously a great day, and then after after it all died down and everyone was kind of all excited, kind of the the celebrations began, and this is the most. Can I? Can I just? Can I ask one one question before? Because I found out what I wanted to. You found um, out. He's found it in his head. Yeah, there, there's, there's two, there's two, there's two internal dialogue yeah. going on. What was he wanted to ask? Oh, that was it. There's two questions. Uh, one, obviously, with you know the whole live thing and um, 
uh, you know, like not being allowed to, to go in. Who do you think from 2019 or, well, well sorry, 2021 uh, Ryder Cup, who do you think the biggest missing player was for the US team? Uh, I think it was just DJ. Yeah, just yeah, DJ. just DJ. But yeah. again, he's not. I've been playing amazing this no. week. It, for me, it wasn't the it wasn't the the live players. And you got DJ and you got Taylor Gooch and Bryson. Bryson, yeah, Bryson to an extent, but Bryson really has only started playing well on live very recently. Right. Like I mean, he's been playing all right, but he's done that one and obviously shot that fifty eight very recently. Mm. And if you're talking about a figure who is not going to, who is going to be a uniting personality within the US team. I don't know if Bryson's that guy. Mm. Um, and I don't, the DJ's not that guy either. You know, if you think about those two as personalities, very different people. Yeah. But they're not the kind of personalities that will go into a team and galvanize a spirit of unity. Mm. Yeah. Like they, for me, they seem like a couple of kind of alphas. You know, they're not, yeah. They're not going to yeah. like go in and weave everybody together. I mean, I might be wrong about that. I've never met, I've never met either of them. So for me, it was maybe those and Taylor Gucci has been playing pretty well, but no, I don't think that's the you issue. Don't, you don't think that any of those players could have? No, made, I mean, yeah. I mean, you got players like obviously Tony Fee now, who everyone expected to kick on. Yeah, like he's the kind of guy who you can imagine going into a team room. Yes, yeah, getting everybody together. Mm. Yeah, so somebody like that. I, th- I think the US could make a team of of guys that could have a similar feel to a European side, but unfortunately, the the best players just they, and as you have to have in in professional sport, I think have got an arrogance and a individualistic mindset of I. Am better than everyone, and I and they take that through their golf in the PGA Tour, and then just struggle maybe when it comes to the Ryder Cup to really kind of change that mindset into a more of a I'm playing for these guys, and these guys are just as good as me, and we're all great together yeah. kind of way of thinking about it. But I think there there are guys. I think there are guys that that you can you can put together in a US team that would be would be good for that and I think Tony Finau's one I think Keegan Bradley would have been good for it mm. um I think Max Home is a good one for them now to kind of use and utilize his sort of his, his approach at it um it, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting and it's it's so mm. weird how we've now gone from as you say the complete reversal of we're now thinking of what is that US team going to look like in two years whereas we were thinking the same for us coming into this one yeah I mean it it starts if if the US actually want to build a team that's going to be dominant for you know the next kind of decade or so and there's no reason really if you think about it if you think about world rankings if you think about form I think Europe have some of the I mean, Scottish Sheffield's obviously world number one, but you've got Rahm, you've got Hovland, you've got McElroy, you've got these players, big hitters. Like, the, the top end of our team is very strong. Very very heavy, yeah. Um, yeah. But if you think about the US team, it's got a lot more depth mm. to it, it on paper. Now, if you want a US team that's going to actually dominate for the next 20 years, um, it's going bigger and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> the, the work for this starts... Now, yeah, this doesn't start like a few months out from um, Beth Page. It starts now, and it's not just a responsibility of like a Ryder Cup committee. It's the responsibility of the next captain. It's the responsibility of the players to say, right, okay, who is likely to be on that next team? I am going to force myself to go out to dinner mm. regularly 
with Justin, with, these with, guys, with yeah. Jordan, with with Max. You know, I, I'm going to make sure that there is a unity and there is a bond which is going to be starting now. In many respects, there's no excuses. Like a lot of them live literally just down the road. Mm. Yeah, they live together, and I know like a lot of them do play together a lot. But to get that unity, to get that kind of momentum building from now is going to be absolutely key. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's what the Europeans are going to be doing. Yeah. Like they seem to have it a little bit more naturally anyway. But yeah, it has to start earlier yeah. for them. I mean, yeah. it's fine from our point of view. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's good. You just, just want to see a more competitive rider cup, don't you? Yeah, sorry. We just want a challenge really. Yeah. Now the party, you know, they talk us through it. Yeah, I mean, everyone just like unleashed. <laughs> as, as soon as that kind of, uh, as soon as it was all over, as soon as like, all the work was done, everyone was just like completely, completely relaxed. And everyone kind of like left uh, when the golf was finished, um, went to the presentation, which was quite cool. Again, quite short, quite brief, better. <laughs> Not Tom Grennan yeah, coming within, within, having too many songs. We didn't have to wheel anybody out. Um, it was just like, here's a trophy, here's the team, speeches, woo, fireworks, fantastic. Boom. Let's go have a drink. So everyone kind of went off into the fan village where they had a a band on, which was a bit, I mean, I, I'm I'm not, you know, a musician. I don't know, you know, the, the ins and outs and the inner workings of a band. Okay. This band was covering songs and they were okay. Mm-hmm. They were okay. I, I kind of feel that they could have maybe got someone right. a little bit more, okay. you know, better. But oddly enough, Eddie Jordan. Oh, yeah. F1. Yeah. X-Driver, isn't he? But yeah, like yeah. kind of commentator and, and does things. He was on the drums. <laughs> and, he kept, <laughs> and he kept getting up and like talking on the mic. I, I don't know if he like kicked the drummer off and like got on the drums himself or this was his band I've absolutely no idea but we got into the fan village and like Eddie Jordan's up on screen I'm like who is that guy I'm like is he I'm like have they got like a famous old band in because I was like I recognise his face and it was like he's Eddie Jordan I was like F1 Eddie Jordan it's like yeah that's really <laughs> weird that what, is weird that what is he doing on the drums I mean he was okay he was okay on the drums yeah but you know he wasn't shredding yeah, yeah. and I was like yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is really odd. Anyway, they were playing like covers. Everyone's having a sing song. Having a few drinks. Um, a few. A few. It was it, it was quite, what's the word? I think gratifying is one of the words to use. It was a little bit, uh, at times it was actually a bit like getting a bit close in my respects because we kind of wandered up to the stage. Now bear in mind it was like influencer group. Yeah, yeah. So it was me, it was Rick, obviously, you know, biggest YouTube channel uh, there is out there. You've got Seb, you've got Mir, you've got Ollie from a cricketing standpoint. Yeah. And then you've got me kind of having a wander in the middle of them all. And we kind of wandered up to the stage. A few kind of people spotted us, came over, take some pictures. Then all of a sudden it was like... A barrage of... Everyone was like on us in pictures yeah, yeah. and everything. It was it was really cool, but like we had a couple of drinks at this point. It was like, oh, hello, this game. It's getting a bit, <laughs> it's getting a bit fruity. <laughs> so we're like, right, okay, well, we'll head over. We'll go, we'll go to this bar over here. It's like this... Um, House of Peroni, it was called. It was just like a hospitality, no, uh, like a public bar, open bar. <laughs> Peroni. Yeah. So we all went in there, got a few drinks. All the singing started. Everyone started um, like jumping up and down. Tommy, with the, Tommy Fleetwood. With, and yeah, that. Tommy Fleetwood was with the left side, with the left side of the bar, with the right side of the bar. Lots of Olays. Everyone go mad. Um, 
we were right in the middle of this. Um, somebody was on, there was like a, somebody brought a beanbag in somewhere. A massive beanbag was in there. And they put it on like the, in the middle of the floor. People were getting on it and they were like, they were using it as like a like a duvet sheet when you like flip someone up into the air. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so they use this beanbag to flip someone up in the air. So they flip your people up in the air. <laughs> Did you get any videos of this? Uh, maybe. I think it's, I'll have a look. But they were saying, oh, Pete, get on. I was like, I'm not going on that. <laughs> anyway, Rick's had a few. So Rick gets on oh, it. Of course he does. Flipping him up in the air, landed it. And there's a lot of people there around. So like, it's fine. Goes up a few times, gets off. Uh, and then everyone's like dancing around for a bit and then they get this other guy on who's like dressed in a full Roman costume <laughs> but they flip him up and he kind of goes off to the side a bit and he comes down and he smacks his head on oh. the floor everyone's like oh no he gets up like pretending to be okay I'm like this is getting off, off the chain then all of everyone's jumping up and then there's potted plants like this, flying yeah, through this the is what I was that's what saying. I saw like, like everyone's uh, like holding uh, like yeah, a chair and plants. well it's like where the left side with the left side of the bar so they were trying to make themselves like bigger so everyone's holding plants up everyone's holding chairs up everyone's got a table on their heads and it's like everyone's waving the flag. All, all very friendly. All very friendly. It's it a great atmosphere. I'm assuming there's a lot of Americans involved in this then. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Hundreds, yeah. <laughs> um, so everyone's going mad. And we're jumping around in the middle of it all. Anyway, lose my sunglasses. We go back into the fray after it all cleared out. And my sunglasses are just in bits on the Shattered. floor. <laughs> devastated. I wasn't devastated because I'd had a few bad at this point. But <laughs> we left there. Uh, we got a cab kind of like back into Rome. And we were just we were just going for a like a we had a recommendation this pizza restaurant and we just went back there. Uh, it was me, uh, Rick, Seb, um, Abby, and her kind of Abby was works for Sky. What was that? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Someone on the road outside, maybe. Um, uh, Abby Abby works for Sky, and it was her fellow as well. We all went back. We were like, okay, let's get a pizza. Mia and Ollie had gone off on their own. Right. It's, I think it's like a bin. It's like a bin. Mia and Ollie had gone off on their own. They said, oh, we'll meet you. We'll meet you later on. So, okay, cool. So, anyway, they wander off. And we get a message. We get to this peace restaurant. We get a message from Mia. said, uh, just to let you guys know, we've got into the Ryder Cup after party with the European team. And we were like, no, you've not. Where was this? Uh, this was the Waldorf Astoria. Oh right. Which is like, it's like you're lying. Mm. Yeah, you know, you've you've not got in. You've not got in this. This is don't don't be silly. Said, oh yeah, yeah, no, we just stopped off at this hotel to go to the toilet apparently, and then the security guard said, oh, uh, the ride of parties over there, and apparently they went down, and this is why it pays to be nice to people. Apparently, like Ollie had pose for a picture with the security guard's kid at Wentworth. Oh my gosh. So the security, wow. guard, the security guard was like, oh, you know, obviously, you know, you're into golf, me, obviously you're kind of an influencer, do you want to come in? And so they got in. I was like, right, okay, cool. And anyway, I said, so what's the chances of getting us on the list? Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, okay, well, come over, we'll get you on the list and we'll get you in. So back on the electric scooters we got. <laughs> well, you and Rick and <laughs> Me, Rick, Seb, Seb and um, we kind of like just set off through the middle of Rome. Bit more traffic this time. Yeah, yeah. And it's miles away, the Waldorf story. It's on top of one of the hills in Rome. It's bloody miles away. Great views, but miles away. So anyway, we're going up there. And we're like, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is right. 
it doesn't it, it just feels a bit weird like we're gonna just turn up at the front door so yeah. we're on the list closed like we're still in all our golf gear as well yeah, like yeah. we've not got changed so like we get up there and they send us pictures they're in they're in the party with like all the players don't think yeah like by this pool it's got big riding good projections got band in they're in Whoa. i'm like right okay so it's true they are in so anyway you got we up to this ball door for story you've literally got like ferraris maseratis like Bentleys are all pulling up. <laughs> Can we leave Pe- our scooters here? People in this fantasy. <laughs> we like skid to a hole outside the Waldorf store with these <laughs> lime electric scooters. Golf caps are like sweaters, like dump them to the side. So, where's the pie? <laughs> Said, oh, it's, it's just down there, sir. So, I trundle on. So, we get to like the front door, and there's this woman with an iPad, and we're like, are you, you know, your name's on the list. This is the end of the line. Yeah, your name's on the list. We're like, yeah, name's on the list. So we'll give them our names. And I'm pretty sure she looks down and doesn't see any. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain, because I was kind of like looking around the corner. I didn't see our names on there. Well, anyway, she's either had a long day or she remembered the names being put on. So she gives us our wristbands. We're in. Boom. Boom. We're in. So we have a wander down. But it's, it's a weird walk to get into where the party is. It's like through almost like a... Like, like conference rooms in hotels. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of walking through the middle of that. It's kind of like a bit deserted. It's almost like, what are we actually walking into it? Anyway, we get through. The first thing we see is like the beautiful man with Tommy Fleetwood with a bottle of champagne. <laughs> like, really? Yes. We're in. We're wow. in. Go on. Luke Donald's there with the ride. Of like, oh, this is brilliant. Anyway, so we get in there. Me and Seb are... We've had a couple to drink, so we head straight to the buffet. We need to... Eat something, we, yeah. we need to We need to fill ourselves up a bit. So fill ourselves up, band starts playing, and then this random firework display starts, <laughs> which is way too close. Do you like fireworks when they go off and it's in the distance, it's beautiful. Yeah, the rest yeah, of it. yeah. We're one side of the pool, and this firework display is going off on the other side of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of goes up, and it, it's nice, but it's really loud. You're looking it's straight up. Well. Yeah, it, it's... it's <laughs> yeah. It's just like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually enjoying this now, mm. and it goes on for like 15 minutes, and they seem to have picked the loudest fireworks yeah, in Italy, yeah. and everyone's like looking at it, looking at each other, like, I hope this box doesn't fall over. <laughs> we're, we're gonna die. Have you ever, have you ever like put, like done a firework before? Have you ever like set off a firework? No, because I'm a sensible young man. Well, the first time, first time I ever did it, I just stuck it in the oh, thing, God, and then lit it. And, and it started to fall over. No, 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 no. It just stayed there. It just stayed there. So we were like, run. <laughs> and we just pegged it back there. And it just, you know, just set off like where it was. So you it should not done be allowed near fireworks. No, oh, I know. Oh, my. Uh, I love the fact it was like the first time I, uh, <laughs> you've done it a few I've times. I've never done yeah, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it was like. I know what's soon. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit weird. Then like a band started playing. But they only played like four or five songs. Obviously, we got there a little bit late. And then they kind of went off, but it wasn't, it wasn't raucous. Mm. Like we saw some. There was video. a bit more sophistication to it. It was like a wine mixer, right? Like there was, there was a lot of people there. There's like a few hundred people. Um, I don't know, maybe three hundred people, maybe. Uh, you had obviously players, um, like coaches, wives, girlfriends, um, you know, businessy people, yeah. kind of hangers-on. Um, you, me, <laughs> Rick, so I wonder what the hell we're doing there. Um, and it was all a bit like everyone was just having a nice drink and a chat. I was expecting a bit more. Where, what was Shane doing at this point? Did you see Shane? Yeah, I saw Shane. He was like, he was mixing. He was having a drink. 
No, like, like, it wasn't all, good. Like no, no, all all the players were just mixing. I'm a drink. Like, I spoke to spoke to a few of them. Like spoke to Rob, spoke to Nikolai. Um, had a wave to a few others, and it was just like. Uh, Did you see Rory? I uh, didn't see Rory, no. Saw Luke. Uh, didn't get to him in time. So they had like a little upstairs bit as well. There was ropes off from everybody else. Ah, right. So they were all mixing. And I saw Luke like with this tro- the with, with, with this trophy, with the Ryder <laughs> Cup <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs. And I was going to go up to this, oh, Luke, yeah, congratulations and all the rest of it. And then just as I set off towards him, I'm presuming he did see me. And he's just kind of like... Went past his rover and then like a security guard came. In. Right. And I was like, oh man, that's a shame. Would have liked to have a drink out of it. <laughs> anyway, it, was, we, it carried on for a little bit. And it got to like half 12 and it was like, you know what? This isn't the... It, it, it's not the vibe we were. The, the vibe that we were after is what happened in the fan village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. wanted people jumping in the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted that kind of vibe. Um, and it for did, content. Yeah, for content. Obviously. And it didn't really happen. So I did my favorite thing to do in the world. As I got on a scooter. Touch goodbye. Right. And then had a little tootle through Rome in the middle of the night. Very is, it nice. du- is it Irish goodbye or is it Dutch goodbye? What's that? When you do that, when you sort of just you just leave. I, uh, I don't know. But I didn't. Uh, it's not like I just left. I didn't say bye to everyone. All right. I was yeah. just like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. It's been a long week. Nobody's jumping up and down with Guinness. Yeah. yeah. Not Guinness inside, to be fair. No. And I was like, it's not the what? weather for Guinness. It's always the weather for Guinness. <laughs> That's why you get it ice cold. Yeah. That's um, true. And it was like, you know what, I'm going. So yeah, through the through the streets of Rome. I, I if you I would highly recommend if you go to Rome, if you are sober and it's three o'clock in the morning and you want to see Rome. They must do a, they must do a tour or something at that time. You must be able Because it's all lit up, isn't it? Like all the, all Everything the... everything's lit up. Obviously you can't go in anywhere. No, no, no. But right, the Colosseum and it's just you. It's lit up at night. Yeah, Coliseum on the on the Saturday night. It was me, Rick, Seb, and new best friend Harry. Um, and we were <laughs> we basically just got on these scooters, just went to the Coliseum, just like rode around the Coliseum, just taking it in. Yeah, and no one, not very many people were there. No, no, it's just that is really cool. So yeah. you spent a lot of time with them. You, you really like on the, on like the Saturday night and the Sunday, Sorry. especially the Sunday as well, because it was um, your day off somewhere. Yeah, almost. day off. So the Saturday night again, when we went out for a few drinks, ended up in this. It was this rooftop terrace bar called scene it's okay. like you've got to be seen there right. and um, did it have did it have what it said on the tin it was very weird it was like a proper you go up there in a lift dodgy handshake to the bouncer with okay. a few notes in there and it was like can we get a table of course you can sirs in the table we sat next to this they would do it they looked very they had suits on <laughs> smoking cigars and it was like I don't want to sit on this table next yeah, to them because yeah. if I knock one of them in the shoulder you know I'm going to be thrown over this you're going to wake up with a horse head next to you in yeah. the morning <laughs> I'm going to wake up with a horse head and yeah. it's like you know what I don't want to do like Godfather yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was like oh my god this is so weird um, and then like everyone in there was looking a bit a bit dodgy it was just all really weird. And like at the end of the night when the security guard came to kick us out, he looked like he was about six foot seven, Ooh. bald head, like ex, like Croatian special forces. Right, yeah. It was like, this is so weird. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, got out of there, got my scooter. Went home. Okay, home yeah. <laughs> Did you keep the same scooter the whole time? <laughs> I might have, yeah. I might have. It's great. Honestly, I had such a good time on them. They are good fun. They are good fun. Did David go to that as well? 
Uh, no, David uh, ducked out at Went the uh, meal that we had. At the meal. At the meal? When was this? This was the Saturday night. Yes, we did, because we went to Soho, Soho House in Rome. Where are you getting on? <laughs> what? I, I must admit, I literally forgot about this until right now. We went to an, another rooftop bar on Saturday night to have some food. What the hell? Um, which, was, which was very nice. It did, however, reconfirm something. What? So I wasn't paying the bill. So I had lobster pasta. <laughs> Great choice. Um, actually, it wasn't that expensive. Who, who but, paid? Who paid? Uh, Sky. Oh, right. Oh, really? <laughs> Thank you, my Thank good friends Sky. at Sky. Uh, I'd say other streaming uh, TV providers are available, but I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. How have I forgot about this? We got stuck in the lift. <laughs> okay, go on. I t- honestly, I don't know how I've just... Th- th- we've obviously had a bit to drink. There's a, uh, there's a lot going on. So we got the taxi back. Uh, me and Dave, we got a taxi straight back to Soho on uh, Soho House on Saturday night. Um, Soho House is like a place you've got to be a member. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same um, as in London. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously we're not. Uh, but I think Seb is. So, oh no, the guys at Sky also. The guys at Sky organised this. So we all ended up there. There was me, me, David, Rick, Seb, new best friend Harry, Abby, Abby's fella. We all got there and we we're like right okay so where's the rooftop bar obviously on the roof it's like six floors <laughs> where's the rooftop bar <laughs> yeah. so it's like right okay. uh, they had a two okay two. so it's like right okay so we're not obviously walking up there so it's like we'll no, get too big time for that yeah, we'll big, get yeah. we'll get in the lift right so we've got in this lift and it's pretty cramped right it's pretty cramped um so I don't really know like it's a bit like, you know, it's only up there, it's fine. So anyway, we're all getting this left. Rick, being a bit Rick, very merry, says, oh, would it be funny if I pressed all the buttons? <laughs> and I like, press a few of the buttons. I'm like, oh, God's sake. Anyway, oh, no. it's like seven floors. We get up to the third, and then like the lift's, lift gives a... <laughs> it's like a bit of a jerk. And we're like, has this lift just got stuck? And we're like, no, no, it can't off. It can't off. We'll cram it. This this lift's about the size of like a a large portaloo. Let's put it that way. And there's seven of us in there. So you were probably like like uh, at the office, like that sort of size. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow. it's wow. Like, so we're all in there, like <laughs> as the lift just stuck. Saying, no, no, it's obviously just stopping at the third floor. Yeah. This happens in movies. Yeah, this it's, it's stopping at the third floor. Anyway, we leave it for another few seconds, and we're like, the lift isn't moving. <laughs> so we're like, right. So we press like the alarm button, don't get any answer. And then the lights go off. <laughs> not not, not the, the top lights, the lights and all the buttons yeah, go yeah, off. Yeah. So, oh my God, it's actually stuck. The temperature in the lift went up instantly by about 10 degrees. <laughs> it starts to get a bit sweaty. Abby doesn't like enclosed spaces. Right, yeah, she yeah. starts to panic a little bit. Oh no. Harry PT is a man mountain. It's like a fridge. <laughs> He's taking up half the lift. <laughs> Rick at this point decided, oh, I'm going to sit down. He sits down. Sits down. So we're like, oh, this is, this is getting a bit tense, this. So anyway, ring the alarm a few more times. Finally, somebody answers. And he's like, uh, what's your problem? Like, what's the problem? I said, oh, the lift's stuck. He's like, okay, well, okay, we'll see what the issue is. We'll work there. And then we see on the sign, like, 
you see on the sign it says weight limit maximum yeah. three people yeah. Uh, right. yeah. and we're like oh no <laughs> and there's some, there's some big boys in this yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and we're like oh my god anyway Abby's getting a bit more panic I'm like, ring, the, ring the bell again ring the bell I said okay well, it'll be a few seconds it'll be a few seconds guys be a few seconds anyway literally at five seconds past we're back on the bell how's it getting on how's it getting on <laughs> We're in there in total for about seven minutes. <laughs> of it being stuck. Yeah. I think if we'd have got to 10, we'd have started to see some true personalities. Some some people coming out. It'd have been a bit some Lord, true colours. A bit of Lord of the Flies. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I think we'd have to decide who was getting eaten first. <laughs> and it was like, wow. And anyway, this lift opens and then it becomes a running theme of the night. The lift opens and the guy who's fixed it, he's got this tool belt, tool belt on. He's like a model. Really? Best, Very good looking bloke. Best looking lift engineer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's in the wrong profession. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> thank, <laughs> you for, number. thank you for rescuing us. <laughs> and like, we, we all look at each other like, oh my God. Anyway, went to the top of these stairs. Like everybody in there is like a beautiful person. Yeah. Mm. Every single person who worked there. I couldn't, we couldn't believe it. Like, it just, we feel so out of place here. I feel like the ugly duckling yeah. <laughs> without the promise of being a swan. It's like, <laughs> this is so weird. Anyway, all night, uh, have all this food and to round back onto the lobster pasta, it just confirms my suspicion that lobster is massively overrated. Massively overrated, yeah. It's just a big prawn. It is, yeah. And like, they charge an, an extra 20 quid for it. Honestly. That's terrible. Just, It's just a big prawn, guys. Yeah. Like what, what? What's the added expense for? And normally they get you to blim and do it yourself as well. You got to, <laughs> you got to take it out. You got to, you know, crack the claw. I, I actually, know. I actually asked. What to remove it? I said, "This lobster pasta, are you going to do the work or am I?" Right. And they didn't understand. I said, "Just, just make sure." <laughs> Make sure it's out. No shell. No yeah. shell. And they were like, oh, no, it's, it's the way it comes anyway. So anyway. I was going to say, that would be pretty harsh in a pasta. Yeah. Yeah, but I switched off from uh, the rigatoni. Mm, should have had the rigatoni. What was the rigatoni with? Uh, it was just like a bacon and tomato kind of sauce. Ooh. Classic. I think rigatoni might be the best pasta shape. Yeah, I think so. I had a, oh, how's it pronounced? Fig, figioli or figaroli? It's like an Italian soup with pasta. Mm. Okay, and I had that the next day when I was a little bit hungover. Was that? And I got a very approving, like it, I, I imagine, like when tourists go to an Italian cafe, Italian restaurant, they generally will just order margarita, the, yeah, or carbonara, 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 <laughs> not even cassia pepe, probably carbonara, spaghetti bolognese, lasagna. Yes, right, right, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Nocky, yeah, yeah. nocky. So I was like, oh, can I have this? It was like a just like a, it's like a peasant's dish basically, and like the the old woman who like ran this place gave me a very approving yeah, nod nice. and spoke to me very no, approvingly should, in Italian. Should, yeah, Didn't understand nice. what she was saying. But I was like, oh, thank you very much. Wow. Oh. You, uh, had oh, you, it sounds like you've had quite week. a trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rome, by the way, is the worst place to have a hangover. Yeah. It's so loud. Uh, I, I, yeah. So yeah. loud, so busy, yeah. and so hot. Mm. Especially when you're like... It's not a good three, that, is well, it? I went, I went for... A, I went... I thought that the best way to like walk off my hangover to cure it, it'd be go to like just have a walk to a landmark and just have a look around and I thought well what's going to be cool a church mm, as in yeah. temperature cool yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought well, oh, I'm both. I thought oh yeah, yeah so I had a walk I said oh this church looks really nice it was about a half hour walk I was like perfect so I strolled out strolled out there <laughs> got down to it and I was like 
it's built on top of a hill. Mm. And it's just got about six million steps, marble steps built into this hill to get up to it. Like it's like a pilgrimage to heaven. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. It's going to be like getting to hell by the time of this thing. So I walk up this staircase and it's so hot. And the sun is just reflecting off this stone. And I'm like, this isn't going to be worth it. And it was. It was a very, really be- good. very beautiful church. Lovely. Um, a, I've never been spotted in a church before. This Dutch guy came over. Oh, really? and was like, oh, what's your videos? Can we get a picture? I was like... Not in here. Yeah, in all fairness, I was like, is this appropriate? But he says, maybe we should go outside. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> so, yes, if you are that very nice Dutch man who asked for a picture when I was looking awful, thanks for that. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so that was my trip from Rome. Ah. Got the fl- got the flight back, got back, and then got straight on a plane. To yeah, now we're, now we're here. So yeah. it's like... <laughs> Just doesn't stop, does it? Last three weeks have been mad because we've done like well, last four weeks really. So it's been Scotland, Solheim, Ryder, here, BMW as well, BMW, get back, and then it's Spain again for yeah, me for you. But that's actually like a holiday. It's with my family, so stressful holiday. <laughs> Man, no. Not really. Love you all. So well, there yeah. we go. There I we think go. I think well, we. It's our longest podcast we've ever done. Oh, wow, well, it's one fifty-five. Wow. It is the Ryder Cup, so it feels like there was, you know, put a bit of time 100%. into it. But I think I think we've pretty much got everything there. I think I think all in all, we we all said that Europe was gonna win, I think. Did you say you were gonna win? No, I didn't. Did you I, not? I, well, no, I was uh, you, you actually know, I, was, I couldn't remember if you went for it no, or not. No, I was I was US, but yeah, now I'm fully Fully into it. it. Fully mm. into it. Oh wow. Same right. position, bro. Cool. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I just want to say big thank you for everyone for listening. You've been absolutely wonderful, beautiful people as always. Uh, we're going to go now and sort out the goal for the week. Maybe uh, get some food for the Airbnb as well, and yeah, plan out what's going to be a very fruitful trip to Florida, as long as it doesn't rain. What's the weather like? Uh, now? It's, it's pretty tropical. sunny. It's just yeah, tropical. Apparently, it's been raining here quite a lot recently. So hopefully, it's lovely. That goes. Right, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Guys, thank you for being part of this. Thank you for being with me for getting those of the Ryder Cup. And thank you, everyone, for just um, being you. And thank you, Fristily, for inventing ice cream. Mm. And pizza. And pasta. And pasta. Well, that was, I'm sure that's argued. And beer. Like, having beer. Should not even... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you, Italy, for having beer. Big take, big takeaway from this podcast. Cool. Right. All right, guys. Right. See you in a bit. Bye. See you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.